You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! everyone and welcome to the flat earth big muscle show with tugboat i'm tugboat i'm here to talk flat earth reptile people big muscles and crazy stuff um no we're here for the get tuck podcast i'm tuck thanks for joining me again i hope you all had a lovely thanksgiving weekend i ate a lot it was awesome i would do it again if i could but i'm not going to because i'm trying to get shredded i want to look real nice for y'all when shows come back because there's some stuff that's getting cooked up and it's pretty cool um I've got something I want to rant about real quick. So I was talking to a buddy of mine, and they informed me about their relationship with their manager. They have been paying a monthly fee for the better part of a year, but don't have that much to show for it. A couple cool things, but nothing too game-changing from what him and I discussed. In my opinion, you should not be paying a monthly fee for your manager. In this scene, or at least for the people that are listening, if you're you know in a new band, you're trying to get things cooking you know, because we get asked this a lot. People DM me asking about managers and booking agents and labels and all this stuff. Just so you know, first and foremost, traditionally managers in, in our world and for the most part in general get paid 10 to 15%. I think it's more important for you to either manage yourselves or have a manager working with you for the long haul. For instance, our manager, the manager of Fit for a King, Corey, he worked with us for uh, for free for three years until the band made money. Obviously, at that time, he was a very young man. He could afford to do this, but that is how the story goes with a lot of people, especially with managers that really want to, you know, do great for their bands. Um, If you aren't making money, they should not be making money. This doesn't give them any incentive to work harder for you. You, you're the boss in this situation. They work for you. You really don't even need a manager until there is something to manage. Once you have an agent, you're touring a lot. Maybe you have a, a record deal, releasing albums often, selling online merch, etc. There isn't a lot for you to manage, like even you know doing uh, international visas, pain in the butt. That's a nice reason to have a manager. But you can learn how to do it all yourself and build these relationships on your own. People will like you and want to work with you. Focus on the music and the content. Um, If the songs are as good as the bands that you're listening to, then it's going to do well. If the songs aren't as good as the bands that you're listening to, they're not going to take off. Spend that money on digital marketing and a great producer. Look into someone who's produced records that you really love. Say, if you like Kublai Khan, try to go to Randy LaBeouf at Graphic Nature. You know, you really like Sayosin. Go to Bo Burchell. You're a huge early November fan. Go to Ace Enders. You know, you like all the Chango stuff. Go to Cameron Mizell. These people are within arm's reach. You can DM them, you can email them, you can definitely get in there. There's a lot of amazing producers out there at your fingertips. So why aren't you writing with the best and letting them sprinkle their magic on it? 
your music is, you know, probably pretty good, but don't think that you're writing all the best songs just on your own. Go to a pro, get some assistance, but spend your money wisely. Don't just give it to some person and thinking that a manager is just going to get you signed and your band will be huge. That's not how it works. It's not going to happen. I promise you that. You know, it's one of those things where if you went and you just, you know, put that time and that money into a really great song, made a cool music video, put some digital marketing into it, things just take off on the internet. People like what they like. You know, I've, I can use a comparison of Offroad Minivan to Fit for a King. Fit for a King shit does really well. It pops. Offroad Minivan, I think I write great songs and I make really great content for it, but it's a lot more of a struggle to get people to notice it. It takes more time and more money into the digital marketing aspect. Maybe, you know, the branding needs some work, stuff like that, where things will naturally do well if you allow it the opportunity. You can put a lot of time and money into it and it may not necessarily pop. One things I'm, I'm one of the things I'm just trying to you know keep focus on and for everyone to understand is I really think that you should not be paying someone a monthly fee for them to be your manager, especially if you're a young band. Put that money into the marketing, put it into you know trying to get more people to listen to your Spotify, put it into you know a better songs, better producer, better videos. There's more for you to do on your own. There's not really anything for them to manage for you that, you know, unless they're like, oh, no, I'm shopping you to all these labels and we're, you know, got things cooking and things seem to go well. But if you're, you know, six, eight months in, none of the shit's happening, then just don't do it. Um, that's what that's my opinion. Don't have to do everything that I say. Just had an interesting occurrence and wanted to talk to you all about it. Okay, today is Cyber Monday. Super exciting day for FeaturedX.com. You can get a Kellen Quinn from Sleeping With Sirens feature for only $800 for the next 48 hours. Go to FeaturedX.com and check them out. We also have um, announced some of my favorite people. Brandon Soller of Atreyu, which obviously I'm in a metalcore band. I have to be a huge Atreyu fan. Kevin Jordan of This Wildlife. Donovan Malero of Hail the Sun. Tanner Wayne of In Flames. And, you know, one of my prettiest friends, Brian Willie of Currents. One of the nicest fucking guys out there. Tons more in the drop. Can't name them all. Go check it out. Work with your favorite musicians at FeaturedX.com. Okay. This week on the show, we have one of the funniest episodes yet. I I had a really great time doing it. Austin Archie of Lorna Shore joins us to share the very interesting past and, you know, what's going to be a massive future of Lorna Shore. They have gone through um, some pretty wild lineup changes. You know, they had a vocalist switch. Um, and there was definitely some drama that surrounded one of these one of these people none of which was caused by Austin, Adam, or Andrew. I'll be honest, I didn't even know the whole story about CJ, and that shit did make me crack up. No, it's not all actually funny, but it's pretty fucking funny. What a wild story, and I'm super stoked to share it with you all. Austin has been really nice to me since the moment that we met. Dude really is a total sweetheart. Um, very thankful for his time and willingness to poke some fun at something that was probably really devastating and difficult for him to go through. So I, I appreciate your transparency when we talk about it. Austin, you're the man. Here we go. Here's my ops. Here's my episode with Austin Archie of Lorna Shore. Blah. Bye. 
what's up? Dude, thank you for joining me. It's taken a while. I think it's been like a full month of me being like, Austin, like, let's do the podcast. And then you're like, yeah. And then I don't give you a date because I'm distracted. <laughs> and now we're finally here. Yeah. No, I'm still, you know, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I think I look back at the the one time that we actually met um, in person because, you know, so I've watched your band before. There was a festival that we played in Texas that I was trying to remember the name of it. It's like in super deep Texas near the border. And then one year, like a bunch of people didn't get paid or some shit. Oh, um, um, it was in Mission, Mission, Texas. I forget I forget the name of it, but yeah, like no one got paid, and I, it was it was it was raining like insane yeah. that day, right? Yeah, Real shit and show. I just remember it was on a farm. Yeah, I remember watching you guys. I remember watching Sworn In. I remember watching After the Burial, but I can't remember the name of the fucking festival. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, I just went in one year at the. I, I someone like mentioned it one day to me talking about it, and I was like, oh wow, like that definitely. That was it, but I can't, I can't cite it. I was like, I remember just walking around like that was the first day I met like in Van Animate dudes and like a yeah. few other homies, and and we're all just like waiting for the rain to die down, and we're like at that point no one even wanted to play because we all had to almost every band had to drive up to South by So What that night, and it was like a nine hour drive, so we're all like, yo, this gets canceled, like fuck it, we could just make that drive, and then nah, they just said, all right, party on, and. uh Dude, I remember. Yeah, there I was like that day, my, wood everywhere to try to walk around, but really, yeah, the pallets covered in mud. <laughs> yeah, I remember we were on tour with Carnifex and uh, Scotty and Lewis, bless his heart. I seen him, and my shoes were just destroyed from the mud. And he just like is laughing at me. He's like, "What are you doing? You why are you rolling around in the mud with the kids? Why don't you hang out in your van?" I was like, "I don't know. I'm not gonna hang out in the van all day." And yeah. he was so disgusted by my shoes, he gave me a pair of Vans. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, awesome. <laughs> he was like, here, here. I don't want to see you looking like that. One so. of the leftover warped boxes that's probably been sitting oh. in the trailer or some shit. 100%. Um, they didn't even fit me, but we made it happen. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's nice yeah. of him. He's a super nice, they're a very nice band and a grinder of a band, too. They were one of the only other bands that did warped in a van um, when the last time that we did it, I believe it was 2017. And I just, you know, be that we've done it for th three years. I just, any other band that actually goes in a van, I give a ton of respect because I'm like, you're gangster. Like this shit yeah. sucks, but you're uh, mad respect. So yeah, I did half of, uh, I did half of worked with them doing photo actually that year. Oh, so, so you do photography as well. I did not know yep. this. I mean, that was actually my first, you know fly out be on tour doing photo gig ever um for a band on tour and you know it was, it was learning I, i'm not gonna say i was anything great back then but you know the experience was great and then from there it kind of gave me a little bit of a spark to do it more and more and yeah, then that's now that's cool. how i that's how i make money at home now i just do a lot of commercial videography with my friend you know photos for fun definitely want to make it more of a thing and then when i'm on tour you know I'll just do it for the bands I'm on tour with because I have the most access to them. You know, they'll get their photos every day from me. You know, I know you've played shows and seen, you know, 10 pho photographers in the crowd and then you don't ever get a single photo for some reason. You're yep. just like, all right, you know, I want to look sick. I want to tell people what I'm doing, show, show, show them what I'm up to. So 
yeah, it's just, I, it's like I'm on tour. I might as well, you know, I only play for 30 minutes a day. So why not take up some time and, you know, doing some photo and video and, you know, fit for an autopsy. That was like the last tour we did. And I did all their content that tour, did a live music video for their new record um, that they ended up using. So it's a different type of fulfillment, you know, just seeing people happy how they look. And, you know, they're like, oh, I look sick. This is dope. So, you know, I, I enjoy that because I like I like looking sick. So being in a band, I'm like, I'm not going to give them a picture unless they look sick. So some some people don't get that. No, that's fucking cool, man. I didn't know that you had that in your wheelhouse. Obviously, you're a super talented guy. And, you know, I want to talk to you about the band and talk to you about your um, brand that you run, Love Crime. But that's super sick that you've got that in your um, arsenal of things to be able to do on tour. Did you do it for Amir as well? I believe you've toured with them. Or is it just your yeah. like, super good friends with Baby J? <laughs> it's kind of a mix. Uh, well, when we were in Europe with them, we did Europe uh, Never Say Die cool. 20, I think that was 2017 as well. But uh, yeah, I was just like grabbing my camera and like shooting them a whole bunch just because A, I love Amir and B, you know, it's just they became good friends on that warp tour with me. You know, Josh Travis is one of my favorite people in the entire world. And, Absolutely. You know, Baby J and Frankie. So, um, but they actually hired me to be a stage manager, which was pretty funny to me because i was just like you know why me i'm sure yeah. you know a lot of people that can do this and they were like we just want you on the road with us we enjoy you you know anything you can do you know you know from touring so i did two tours stage managing and then uh handling their light show just setting it up every day make sure time code was running well and then yeah i had to you know tell bands to cut songs that felt good that's pretty cool. I would like that. <laughs> it didn't feel good to tell King A one O they had to cut songs. Uh, no, that. I would be a little intimidated on that one. But I'll uh, tell you what, they were they were fine. They were fine with every day. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, man. You got to cut like two songs just because they had a crazy live rig and being a support band is kind of hard to set up every day. But um, yeah, no, that you know, but that's cool that they put a lot into their show and try to really put one on. I mean, it's just tough when you're on a tour that has eight fucking bands. There's no time to give. No, and you know, and from meeting King on that tour, I ended up filling in for them later that year on drums. That's so, yeah, it, you know, it's like that's the music world. You know, you meet people, you know, on tour, and then. Next thing you know, they ask you a favor, and if you're capable of doing it, or if you just say yes, I mean, it could take you different places, and I think that's what I miss the most. You know, I love playing and shit, but just having different connections and, you know, doing different stuff you wouldn't normally do. It's a nice feeling, you know, to be able to be one of those guys that people like having around that, you know, you get offers just because people see your work ethic and are like, you know, he's a cool dude. I want to be able to be on tour with him. And that's good for a lot of people listening to the show when they're thinking about wanting to move forward in music. Like even with how I got my audition for Fit for a King was just my good friend had, you know, was tour managing Sworn In and Thy Art is Murder. He got to know them, put my hat in the ring. And because... You know, he liked me and a couple other people that I knew already in other bands thought I was nice. They gave me a shot, you know. So it's all about how you act, which I, you know, I should reflect on that myself because I called someone a stupid bitch at the gym yesterday. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> dude, I had the dumbest thing. I'm going to tell everybody about it because it fucking pissed me off. Please so, do. So, <laughs> you know, um, it's funny because I've literally, fa- my 
buddy Evan FaceTimes me and I'm answering him as I'm walking upstairs to go do sit-ups, you know, because I'm trying to get that six-pack right now. I'm going I'm to come back shredded. It's going to be sick. So <laughs> I walk up to do the sit-ups and I see underneath the, you know, sit-up thingy is someone's phone. And I was like, oh, shit, man, somebody like left their phone behind. And I'm actually having this conversation. I'm not just like thinking it. I'm literally saying, oh, man, that sucks. Like somebody left their phone behind. And then my buddy's like, yeah, you should bring it to the front desk when you're done. I'm like, yeah, I'm totally going to do that. And then from across the room, this guy starts yelling at me. Hey, how you know I'm done? You see that? You see the phone? How you think somebody's not done? Huh? And I'm just like, who the fuck are you talking to, bitch? Like, no. Like, no. I was like, one, when you see someone's phone underneath, people leave shit behind all the time. Why are you being yeah. all aggressive and shit? And then, you know, I was just like, yeah, watch your tone, young fella. And then when I was done, I went down to the locker room. And then he was still in there. So then I had to talk to him again. And then <laughs> I had to bring it up. And he just didn't want to hear it. So I told him he was a stupid bitch. So Rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> it's funny because I'm still <laughs> FaceTiming my friend the entire time. <laughs> he hears the whole conversation. He's just like, yeah, I don't know if you're just going to like get stabbed in the gym or what. But like, what is going on? Um yeah, it was stupid. I shouldn't have done that. All in all, long story short, don't tell people that they're stupid bitches at the gym, regardless of how they talk to you. But I haven't done my yoga in a really long time, and today I did. <laughs> so I'm working on it again. I need to meditate and get in my zen mode. Um, goose, goose frava. Seriously, yeah. Serenity now! <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just too, I'm too intense right now. I, all this, like, lack of work, um, and it's funny because... <laughs> Yesterday, uh, I was, you know, I commented on someone's thing where I was like, man, yeah, I just really want to go back to work. Like, eight months sucks. And then someone just tweeted or responded, um, get a job, Calvin. (laughs) 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 If anyone's re-watching Chappelle's show, you know, it hits. But that's about all I'm qualified for is Whack Arnold's. So I'm not really sure. (laughs) Straight up. Do much more. Um, Or, Or hard labor, you know, that's. Yeah, seriously. Those are the only jobs I've ever had was hard labor, you know, landscaping, all that. I mean, I had a little period where I worked at a drawbridge. Yeah. Uh, that was no a very une- uneventful uh, time in life. That sounds kind of cool. You get to watch it go up and down. That's pretty neat. That that's that's the that's the talk of the town, you know. <laughs> you got those you got those fucking people walking on the bridge and then, you know, they'll be like, eh, they'll start talking to yeah. me about the bridge and I gotta act like I give a fuck. Yeah, I just worked in restaurants for years before this and was an expo and food runner and waiter and all that shit. So maybe, maybe I'll be making a comeback. We'll see. Uh, It depends on how long this shit goes on. But for right now, I'm going to keep being stubborn and just hosting a show and pretending that it makes me money. But FeatureX has been fun, too. (laughs) And that's, you know, doing any startup is difficult because it's, you know, it's not like you make money initially, but. You know, the the thing is working, and that's what makes me happy is I'm seeing a wide variety of people getting features, and that's what's really cool. So gives you the hope yeah. where it's like, all right, just got to keep grinding, doing it. Speaking of people nah, that grind, you fucking grind. I try, man. I try. I mean, I definitely, like, you know, you got your hands in a lot of uh, different pots, you know, doing different things. I try to do the same in a you know different levels of stuff i mean you know video and photos my one thing and then i got the clothing brand which is you know like you said a startup so you know it's only been around for a year but i mean i got a little like discouraged around this time just because 
I mean, it's, it's, it's just, you know, if, if things didn't pan out how they did this year, you know, I would have been able to do the things I wanted, but I felt kind of selfish to be like, all right, let me keep pumping out like merch and like trying to make money and shit. So I, you know, instead I put out a shirt to, you know, do a charity and then I put out like maybe like two designs, but you know, I have a lot in the bag and, you know, I got, like I said, I got discouraged, but then when I thought about all the items I've put up in the last year and, you know, what's left, I'm like, all right, you know, I've sold, you know, two, 300, you know, 400 pieces of clothing. So like that says something. So that's fucking awesome. That's great. Yeah. yeah, So I just got to keep it going. And then now doing research, being home, you know, marketing and trying to get some, some friends in on it, trying to help out. It's, you know, it's a, it's all learning thing. It's all, you know, networking and shit. You know, I got to get out of the sort of get out of the band, you know, guy, you know, has a brand sort of look and then try and, just I'm trying to, to really just brand and yeah. Established. I want yeah. people. I want people to know the brand that don't know me or the band. Like just have it be like a just a clothing brand that's out there. So that's the ultimate goal, man. That's awesome. Well, Supreme just sold for two billion dollars, so anything is possible. Yeah, um, that's insane. <laughs> insane. Two billion dollars. How fucking God. cool is that? But that now Supreme is not going to be as cool. Sure. I Absolutely mean, not. yeah, you know, it's just once you're owned by the same company that owns like Old Navy and shit, like, you know, it's just gonna change. Or maybe it's the company, the blanket umbrella company that owns Vans, I think, and a couple other yeah. brands. It's like weird to think, oh, well, if they just can produce more and then more people will buy it. I don't think that's the the scheme. You know, it's like it's always got to be limited. It's always got to be a anxiety driven. Can yeah. I get this shirt? Sort of corporation sort of thing. So. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna have to play. He's gonna have to play it differently than the other brands. But you can't yeah. just open a Supreme store in the mall and be like, "All right, now this shit's available for everyone. No one will want it anymore." It's funny how that works. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. And it's funny because I'm always the guy that just goes and buys leftovers. Like I'll get back from a tour and just go to the store in the city and get myself a treat. But because um, that is one of my favorite things to do after when when we used to have jobs and get to come home and be like, you know what? I did something. I'm going to treat myself because treating yourself is fucking awesome. But none of that right now. Got to be a good boy. But it's funny, you know, just finishing up on the photography thing. I took photography in high school and I was awful. I do not (laughs) understand lighting to save my life. I am, you know, because everyone says, oh, it's so easy to just, like, fucking grab a camera and you fucking take a picture and then you buy it. No, dude, it's not that easy. And that's why a lot of you suck. Like, <laughs> go learn how to <laughs> properly do it if you're going to do it. But then there's some people, like this guy Melvin that plays in my side project, he just has such an incredible eye in some of the things. He could shoot the most simple photo, but it just looks so good. And it's just like, man... Some of you just don't have that thing. Do you edit your own drum videos? Like the most recent one that I saw that came out, I think. Um, it was very, I forget what the song was for. It's it probably Darkest Spawn. That's like the latest one I had out. Yeah. Um, that one was shot by my buddy. I don't know if you've ever met him. Uh, Clint Tustin. He does work with uh, I do not like know August him. Burns Red. Ooh. and he's, he's, he's amazing. He's one of those guys that just, he's just got it. Like he just knows like you said, the eye just, I mean, his editing skills are in- impeccable. Yeah. And like people like 
him. Like he just picked it up one day. He's just so good at everything he does. He just picked up videography and just started just going crazy. I mean, yeah, when you're done with the podcast, I'll send you a link to some of his guitar vids. You're going to get a kick out of him. I yeah, mean, he does like do. Pokemon, like guitar covers with like fucking Pokemon, like running up and down the neck and like crazy, like Game Boy, like in in the game boy guitar play through video like it's it's insane like he That's just does amazing. really crazy shit but i got I've like been two playing pokemon I, again really hard actually because they came out <laughs> with expansions for sword and shield called the crown tundra and isle of armor so i've been trying to do that shit in my free time yeah but, <laughs> but that's but, cool um, that he does that shit you gotta send it to me please nah um, he's great the last ones i just did uh they're not out yet but um my buddy Brett, who's like I work with his video company, he came on tour with us. Um, he we rented out a theater uh, that my buddy runs in uh, Orange, and it's like a giant, like it's literally like a mini Palladium, like Palladium cool. scaled down maybe like three times. So it's just it's really made for like a classical concert hall. But so we just put my drums in the middle of this massive stage. Got they had every light in the world there. And yeah, homie just let me come in there and just do my thing. So we did two videos. That's awesome. And those will be out soon. And fucking, you know, homie Cody Stewart mixed them and all that good stuff. So they're going to sound good. They're going to look he, good. He's from uh, like the Browning or some shit, right? Or yeah, something. the Browning. He's a producer. He was in like Rose Funeral back in the day. So he's got his, he's got his death core, you know, his death core reputation yeah. out there. But no, that's cool. Not, the Browning is cool. an interesting band because they do so well in Europe um, versus the United States. Um, the electronic, you know, you know, they love that out there. They love that shit over there. And it, yeah, there's, you know, quite a few bands who, like, in, you know, like Stick to Your Guns does very well in the States, but they fucking smash in Europe. Like, some band, you know, Being as an Ocean does pretty good in the States, but smashes in Europe. Europe is such an interesting place where they just. You, you can never predict what they're going to love, but when they love it, holy fuck, they just really dedicate themselves like, to it. They like the simple lyrics, you know, because their English isn't like they yeah. love Lion, like Lionheart. Lionheart is a great example, yeah. They're massive in Europe. They don't ever have to tour the United States, but they just eat that shit up. They just love it. Yep. Yeah, and like, yeah, cool. even when like Lorna went, like it was very unexpected for the first time to go there to like have that a massive of reaction from like being a second band uh, on the bill of, of eight bands. I was like, damn, like we were out selling merch from like a lot of the top bands. We were fucking killing it. And I was like, these motherfuckers just love blast beats out here. Like, you, oh, yeah. like they just want to bang their heads and like have fun, drink beer. And if you're heavy and you're killing it, like they're going to have a good time. So. I definitely, yeah, we are in Europe when the corona hit, so it couldn't, you know, it sucked because that was our second time, and I was really excited to be back, but, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully next year when Dude, I'm things with you, happen. There's a lot of fun things we were going to get to do this year, but, you know, hopefully sometime in the future it'll still happen for all of us. And, yeah. you know, it really does depend. I know we were making jokes about it before we started, but with the vaccine, it depends on if it actually comes out, if we're all allowed to take it, and who decides to, which sign me up for two of them. Put them in my fucking neck. I'll take Any, it. Anywhere. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'll take I'll take it like a, a suppository if I have to. I would do a suppository before I take it, on like a needle on my wiener. 
I yeah, think that's yeah. scary. I mean, there's some guys that go and get their whole dick tattooed, but I'm not. I mean, you're like covered. Maybe you got your dick tattooed. I don't got my dick tattooed. I uh, yeah, no. I had that discussion with my girlfriend recently. We were talking about something, and I was she was like showing me a dick tattoo. I was like, dude, that dick looks so angry and sad. Like I never want to <sighs> do that to him. No, huh. we no. have we have a we have a good relationship. We he's done yeah. me good. He works. I'm not gonna have a t- tattoo needle gun hit a weird vein and then all of a sudden I got some fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger bicep vein coming out the top of my wiener. Oh yeah. That would be really fucking weird. But I guess if I got my dick tattooed like Trogdor or something, like cool. Maybe that'd be sweet. Um <laughs> that's, that's the thing too. Like have do you look like a stormtrooper. Um That's the thing. Like do you put a lot of thought into it and make it sick or do you just like get something God. funny, you know? Like just imagine I'm, how that would feel. Oh. <laughs> You definitely feel it in your ass. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, do you remember the first thing that you ever said to me? That sounds really sweet, but do you remember the first (laughs) thing you ever said to me? I do. I remember it clear as day. So we're going to tell everybody. The first thing that Austin ever said to me was, I believe we're Eskimo brothers. And I was just like, (laughs) yes! (laughs) And I remember how quickly we were able to figure out who it was. As well, oh, it was almost that, that between us. Um, it was a brilliant thing. Um, we won't mention that succubus woman, but we- <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it was just funny, just because yeah, it was like the smoking section of chain. Yep. We were chilling, and like you, we were all like, just all in a circle talking, and then like everyone sort of like left, and it was just me and you, and I was just like, hey, so. I think we're Eskimo bros, and you were like, what? No way! I was like, who? And I was like, well, started like hinting at it. And you're like, oh, no. And yeah. We both just shared our shared our experiences with uh, thy succubus. And we were like, yep, nah, we both. You know, I remember the, specifically what you said. I was like, nah, man, good. You got away. Like, yeah. Like, and it's nice to hear that because, you know, in that moment, like I was still kind of hurt. And I was like, you know, did I did I do something wrong? You know, still on my head about some shit. And you were like hearing your story or just like your experience. I was like. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, we're all good. That actually helped yeah. me a lot in that time because I was like a few days fresh off of oh, no shit. cutting that off. That. With that the humor like, you provided, I would have thought it was longer. So I'm glad to hear that it helped a lot, oh, I, man. I get over things quick. I, yeah. I don't got I don't got time for that. Well, it's just, you know, it's cool to see. Guys are so aggro sometimes that it's nice when someone can just make light of a situation like that, too. And, oh, you God. know... To that individual, you know, they were very attractive, very charming, you know, very, I would say an enchantress, you know, or like kind of sucked you in, but just a lot to handle. And, you know, I think, you know, as I'm an older person now, I'm just glad I have a much calmer life than shit like that. I just don't want to have a stressful relationship that's fueled by drama. Uh, Yeah, some, some people like like that you know like oh it keeps it interesting it's like there's nothing interesting about me being anxious and you know having someone around it's just not a good time it's like like why why put yourself through that like you know my girlfriend i was one of the most pleasant awesome people and i'm thankful for that experience you know that happened because now it's like i i knew what to look for and i like know what i appreciate in a person and it's like if it's reciprocated then dope like you know there's there's a lot of nicer people out there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm engaged now. The person that I left her for is 
going to be my wife. I've been with her for f- almost five years now. Um, well, let's so, hope that she's like the, what's that movie with um, uh, Dane Cook? You the know one with Jessica about? Simpson? No, the one with um, Jessica Alba where he like has sex with girls and then the next person they find, they marry. Good oh, luck, Chuck. Good luck. I don't Good. know if I've seen that one, but I like Jessica Alba a lot, even though Derek Jeter gave her herpes. But oh um, god, how dare you, Jeter? <laughs> what the fuck's wrong fucking with Jeter? Wow, fucking Jeter. <laughs> I know, but always. If anyone was to give her herpes, I'm glad it was Derek Jeter. Honestly, yeah, that's a, he was a hell of know. a shortstop. You know, <laughs> know. He, he had a lot of home runs. He was. He was he was the god for me. Bro. Yeah, and it sounds like he hit a lot of off runs off or a lot of home runs off the field too. So you know, either way, good for Derek Jeter. Sorry for Jessica Alba, but you're you're real hot. So that's yeah. cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so let's deep dive this shit, man. You have had one alone you've had one of the most interesting years i think for just about any metal band out but before that i just want to deep dive the history we don't have to necessarily um hang on it too long but you guys are are you all originally from jersey um the band is originally from jersey the two members that you know myself and adam the ones that have kind of taking the wheel for the last yeah. eight years. We're f- still from Jersey, but uh, we acquired a guitar player from Connecticut. So still tri-state, you cool. could say. So, you know, he likes pizza. He likes bagels. We get along. There we go. I'm glad if he didn't, you know, yeah, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if we'd have a good time, but no, it's, it's, uh, you know, originated in Jersey just oh, 10 years ago. Maybe probably the band started like 11 or 12, but like, Adam was an original. I was an original. Um, so yeah, the band's just Adam's a bunch a of, hell mis- of a guitarist. Guys, yes, he is downstairs right now in his oh. room, locked up. You guys live together? Well, I'm in a, a funny living scenario because of COVID. So my yes. parents moved out of my my childhood home uh, in March, and I was supposed to be in Europe. And like you know, when I came home, go move with them to the new house and in, in the Poconos. But when I came home, um, I don't know. I was just like they they like they like pack, they all packed my shit and like brought it to the house. And then I was like here quarantining for like two weeks by myself. And I was just like, why don't I just stay here? Like, because you know we're just they're just kind of just like letting the house go, like you know letting the bank come and do their work, which could take a long time. Yeah. So I'm technically technically just squatting in a in a four bedroom house. Um, nice. So. I've, my fun. house. Yeah, it oh, fun. it's been great. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I just I'm like this, I'm like a the headquarters now for just people that don't want to be inside, and I'm like, yo, I got bedrooms. You can stay here. So Adam recently moved back up to Jersey, um, so he's staying here. Uh, my brother who lived in Brooklyn, but his job's remote now, so he's working on moving out of Brooklyn and staying here for good. And then what part of Brooklyn yeah. does he live in? Uh, he was right in, um, right off Meeker, right off Meeker Ave. So I guess oh, okay. a few blocks from Kingsland, if you know yeah. that spot. Yeah. No, that's cool. But no, it's, it's cool. So yeah, I mean, he's, Adam's here. We're just like working on some tunes, fucking turn it into a, I turned it into a home. I've like got 
I was obsessed with Facebook Marketplace free furniture for like a good month. So I fully furnished this house for maybe 40 bucks. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, dude, we're, Facebook we're Marketplace is a beautiful thing. I'm oh, always hoping beautiful. that someday I'll look and someone will put up a first act guitar, but the the ones that are like actually American made custom guitars, but they'll think. Oh, you like the you like those, dude? The legit ones that like fucking Converge used to play and shit. Like, yeah, they're yep, super the, sick, the, man. Like I the Sheena, the, yeah, the Sheena. You have the Delia. Yeah. Well, funny, funny you mentioned first act because my father was artist relations for first acts american custom no fucking way yep him and uh him and the two builders from gibson left gibson the three of them to do first act what happened uh what i'll tell you exactly what happened they tried to make a, a a video game like a guitar hero game but the guitar yeah. had strings which is oh. way too way too difficult for anyone yeah. to ever grasp but the the owners of the company, yeah, they made this video game. I forget what it was called. It was so awful. And the money that they spent on license or to to be able to use like you know Aerosmith and Bon Jovi tracks, all the money that they put into getting the songs in the game completely bankrupt like the company and fuck. And they had to close the whole custom shop down literally because of that video game. They even had fucking like Adam Levine playing their guitars. Like they had. The Everybody. sickest guitars. The sickest yeah. guitars. I used to go to my dad's office in the city, and yeah, he had like, you know, if anyone got a custom, it would go to his office first. He'd have it on the wall. You know, I'd seen like Mastodon's guitars, you know, before wow. they got them. Yeah. You know, he didn't, he'd invite a lot of people into the to the showroom, so I got to meet a lot of cool bands with, you know, I mean, at Gibson, I met, you know, when I was young, like pretty much everybody, because he worked arts relations at Gibson Whoa. since the 80s. But first act, you know, was kind of newer. So like, I found a lot of bands because they would. That was back when you had to send press kits in the mail. And I remember that's how I found Trivium. They sent him a a test, uh, like their copy of a Ascendancy and like a whole thing. And I was like, oh, let me check out this band. I was like, damn, this band rips. And then, well, that one worked out. Yeah, no, nah, for real. And then you know, I got to meet like Bring Me the Horizon, um, Suicide Season, Eric, because they were using first acts. And then yeah. a lot of the christian uh metal band started catching on so like that's how i found like plea for purging norma my, children, my bride yep norma jean you know all the solid state bands shout out Dude, solid I state fucking wish i could play one of those guitars they are so fucking sick i mean no i'll tell you I'm what not, not my, saying, yeah i'm not saying i don't my, love my keezels but man these guitars were insane but yeah i'll talk to my dad man he's he's always you know he knows people that has them he's probably got a few you know Crazy. he's He's Dude, the keep Delgado base. Oh, I will. I will. Yeah. I mean, whoa, he's my, got a Delgado base. That's oh crazy. yeah, my my brother's got one too. Yeah, those were sick. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's me and Bobby's dream guitars. The only person I know who has one is Nolan from Kublai Khan. He got one he had, because he had the first was, act. Yeah, because someone was fucking stupid and put it on eBay for dumb cheap because they didn't know what they had and he bought it. Fuck yeah, that's, that's probably how you're gonna find them. But no, I love those sheenas, man. That yellow finish with the black. Oh, the, those were gorgeous. That was yeah. my favorite. Yeah, incredible then, guitar, man. Yeah, the the comp the way that company worked, it was like almost like set up for failure because it was like uh like they were dope, but if you were in like a signed big band, they would the in the contract was all right, you get one guitar, anything you want. Anything you want, first guitar, and then after that you pay for the guitars. So a lot of 
you know, bigger dudes that had, you know, Gibson or Fender, they would just get a sick custom from them and then just never order another, you know? Yeah. So they were just like constantly getting like, you know, shafted and like, you know, I remember there's like a story with a dude from Queens of the Stone Age, Josh Holm. He like got this sick, like baritone 12 string, like modeled after like an old Fender. And my dad gave him the guitar and he's like, all right, like, you know, let me like take a picture of you with it. He's like, no, 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 I ain't taking a picture with the guitar. And he's like, well, if you don't take at least take a picture with the guitar, like I'm not going to give it to you. And he's like, well, I'm not taking a picture with it. And my dad just grabbed the guitar out of his hands. Like, all right, man, see you later. It is time for London Romans. All right, are you guys ready for something that's super heavy? Um, Hayden Marler wins this suggestion this week. Uh, thanks for the suggestion, buddy. Appreciate you. He sings in this band O'Cart that I shared a few weeks back. But fuck him and his screamo. Stupid. Um, no, I like you, Hayden. You're a nice guy. I actually acted in their music video. You can go check it out. It's pretty cool. Um, this week, we have Dismal Eternal by Wretched Tongues. Um, the song is super heavy and also features Dan Tucker of Crown Magnetar. Um, you can also get a feature from Dan at FeaturedX.com, which is pretty cool. I own that site. Go check it out. Woo. Um, this song fucks. It's real pissed. I like it. It was heavy. Here we go. Dismal Eternal by Wretched Tongues.
guitars are, but like that's the deal. Like <laughs> the least you can do is take a picture with the guitar. Like yeah, that's insane. What an asshole. Um, yeah, he was pissed. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. I definitely would have re- you know offered a different deal to try to keep people you know with it more or whatever, or make them earn it more. Because I think people were definitely would have paid for those guitars if they had to pay for them up front. But I remember Probably. even you know a band I saw this band Nights Like These, who was an early yep. victory band, and he was playing one of those basses. I think he had a Delgado, and I was just like, "How the fuck did you get this?" I was a kid. Then. Yeah, no, nah, I'll have my. I'll have my dad keep his eye out. He'll definitely yeah. he'd be he'd be stoked. He lives for that shit. Yeah. Does he uh, still do artist relations at all, or is he retired? Or you know, what's his deal? Yeah, he's he's like a walking phone book. So like, if a if a company wants to hire him, literally to just get artists, he just makes calls to like all his people he's met over the last twenty something years, and then like he works with, like with Black Star Amps. He worked with like a few other like oh, wow. smaller brands to just get people like on the roster. And, but now he's yeah he just uh, he just he just lives a normal you know non traveling life in New York City. He works at Thirtieth uh, Street Guitars, the vintage shop. I don't know if you've ever been there. I have, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, he just works there and and he builds like pedal boards. That's like his thing. He's a OCD as fuck, so his pedal oh. boards really do come out sick. He goes above and beyond with those things. That's um, amazing. Yeah, he's just chilling, you know. It's a lot less stress, you know, dealing with all the the hierarchy of a guitar company. It sounds like a fun job, but I know through the years of being around him, it gets stressful, especially. That's why he left Gibson, just because Gibson was kind of going under and their quality wasn't there, and he was like, I'm not going to put my name on this with people that I've worked with for 20 years. Yeah, that was a sad thing when you start going to even, like, a guitar center and you play a Gibson and you're like, this just does not feel right. Yeah, it was literally like the robot guitars. When that came out, he's like, "All right, I'm out." <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't tune your own guitar. Like, come on, now we got EverTune, we got all that shit. We don't need robot guitars. You don't need it. Yeah, that was a silly. Uh, I saw. I you know I went to a studio once and someone had one. And I just thought it was stupid and a waste of time, and I didn't enjoy it <laughs> at all. Uh, EverTunes are sick though. Um, what does Adam play? Do you know what guitar company he's with? Uh, he's an Ibanez. Full, they don't. He doesn't even have a deal with them, but he refuses to play anything other than an Ibanez. Oh, that's cool. They're great guitars. Yeah, um, he's he's loyal. You're an he's, SJC boy, right? I'm an SJC boy. I think uh, your homie is too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yep. He he loves to make his snare bombs with his SJC and his Zach <laughs> fella, Zach Matu. Uh, send you know it, Zach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know him I'm, and Mike are just so friendly and. They've treated Jared so well over the years that I think the world of that company and I, I'm always and I enjoy being around them because that's just one of those um, legacy drum companies that, you know, we even with that one TV show that they were on and they've worked with so many amazing bands that we've all loved. You know, it's it's cool to get to be around that sometimes and see how hard they truly do work to keep their artists happy. Um, oh yeah that's why i'm uh, with them i mean it was the only time i've ever been approached by someone and they were like excited it wasn't like you know they were doing me a favor they kind of were like i want you on the roster because like i like you i like your band i like you know just every like they were just so like fully like transparent and being like i want you a part of the brand not like yeah send it over we'll check it out like i'll let you know like what we could maybe do or like da 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 like they gave me no run around it was just i met them in person 
he said, shoot me an email. I had a quote in my email that was like phenomenal. And I was like, holy shit. And then anything I post, like he'll be like, yo, send it to me. I want to post it on SJC or yo, do this live stream on SJC. You know, he's always engaging with yeah. me to like be a part of the company. And that's all I ever really looked for and wanted. Like, and like people could be like, oh, it, like SJC is a small brand. They don't do this. They don't do that. It's like, but dude, like it, it's drums, man. Like you're going to hit them. Like they're going to sound right. good if you hit them right. Like, you know, I think guitars, there's a bit, you know, you got the neck, you got the, you know, the weight. There's of definitely the- a scale of um, shit to not shit guitars. Um, you know, there's some brands that just the quality is not there. But it, a lot of it is preference, too. You know, it, it varies. But drums are, you know, the thing that sucks about drums and cymbals are they're so fucking expensive. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's just, why a deal is, is beautiful. Yeah, and also people have to be willing to earn that deal with time where when you're a smaller artist, you can't expect anything for free in the drum world. Like, you're going to get, a you know, 15% off, you know, some, something small, earn your way up, and then eventually, you know, get some quality deals and get some things offered to you for free or symbols or whatever. Um yeah, symbols is the is the big one. That was like that was the biggest for me, and I'm sure your boy because that shit fucking gets expensive and yeah, he breaks them all the fucking time. I bet. Beef I mean, he's, he's playing a big old kid. I seen the live stream. I was looking. Yeah. He, was, he was looking good up there, <laughs> dude. I love that he's doing like a real big kit with two kicks and all. Oh, this, it's all so metal and stuff. Yeah, like we've just reached this point where we're just really embracing it and having fun with it and just want to be as metal as possible like we're obviously oh, never yeah. going to leave the breakdowns or anything like that but you know when someone hears a song of ours and is like man that band sounds like parkway drive i'm like fuck yeah we do that's sick yeah yeah <laughs> like parkway drive sick i mean yeah, yeah you guys they're not have, small you guys have that tour postponed right now i think right are you guys still yeah on that? it's for next summer um and yeah we're still honoring it and doing it um it's such a cool lineup and you know being with oh, parkway yeah. hate breed knocked loose like you can't really ask for a you know much better <laughs> no. position than that and you know we haven't you know thankfully which is pretty cool we haven't opened a tour like first slot in a while so it's going to be really cool to get to do that and have to warm everybody up and get crazy and you know, Dude, being being an opening band is exhilarating. You know, you started off, you set oh, yeah. the mood for the whole show. Like, I've seen, I'm sure you've seen opening bands over the years. You know, climb, you know, so high in such a short amount of time. And it's usually just because that first performance of the day. Yeah, <laughs> Crystal Lake. I mean, uh, that Europe tour I was just talking about. Um, Polaris was opening. Never say die. What? That's yeah, crazy. and now and now they're like. That they were doing stadiums with fucking architects the next year. Yeah. So it's like, I love to see it. Were they great live? They're incredible. And I actually did photo and video for them on their Parkway Drive uh, August Burns Red Tour with Devil Wears Prada. um, Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, they they invited, again, you know, shooting photos for them in, in Europe. And then they were just like, hey, we really like you. We want you to come on tour with us. And my guitar player... Uh, our old guitar player Connor was playing guitar, so it was just like, all right, let's just recruit two of the homies and uh, you know bring them on tour oh, together. So he so, filled yeah. in for Polaris as well. Yeah, he filled in for Ryan doing like lead guitar, and he had to learn all the solos and shit. I mean, he oh, definitely okay. he he stepped up hard. Does Ryan that, not do the international tours? 
he wasn't at the time just for some personal stuff, but I think he's all good now because oh, cool. uh, I know they were I, – I was – oh, no, yeah, I think – yeah, he was on uh, – or no, actually, they, they backtracked on the Wage War Tour, but yeah, I think he should be good now. Cool. But I mean, seeing Parkway every day, like we were just talking about Parkway. <laughs> I mean, dude, that band, you know, I loved everything that band ever put out when I was younger. And then Same. I kind of just took a break for a bit. And then just seeing them now, I was like, dude, this is so much bigger than anything I expected out of this band. Like, this is fucking like sold out like 5,000 cap rooms, like all over America. I was like, this is fucking nuts. Yeah, man, it's pretty insane to see. And, and I enjoy the growth that you know, how they grew into the style that they're playing now, because I really think it did take some time, and they didn't rush it. But they're fucking phenomenal, and, you know, it's you can't, for the fans that are like, oh, man, I wish they just played Breakdown and stuff, it's like, those guys are what, like mid-late 30s? They've grown up loving and listening to metal. They're just a fucking metal band. Let them be a metal band, like... And they and they do it really, really, really well. Like, oh yeah, dude on vocals is one of the best frontmen I've ever seen. Like engaging with the crowd and being solid every day, and like they're all such nice people. Like they're like I remember first day was in San Diego, and they're all literally like, grabbing their surfboards out of like their trailer and like going to the beach. I'm like, yo, these guys are just still just acting like they're just early twenties, just Australian freaking Point Break. Just fucking yeah, dude. <laughs> marching to the beach with their surfboards before sound check. I'm like, dude, this is so stereotypical in the best way. I'm like, I love this. Like, just seeing that, I was like, this is real. Like, <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait, and hopefully, we get to uh, meet them a little bit when we do that run. But we'll see if we're cool enough or not. Um, but all right, fuck everybody else's bands. We're gonna talk about your band. <laughs> Who did you guys record Psalms with? Psalms was with um, Randy and Will. Oh, okay, sick. That's awesome. Yeah, Psalms, Psalms was with Randy and Will. Um, I love the way the, the record sounds. It's definitely a little more Dahlia um, to me, like, when I listen to that record. Personally, I feel like maybe it's just the way that Tom provided the highs on that record. But um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, very... Uh, that was our first experience with a record. We were definitely just, like... We didn't know how to write an album, you know? I yeah. think now through the times you learn how to write an actual album. We kind of just like wrote songs and tried to make it as fucking chaotic and impressive, you know, technically impressive as possible. But in that doing that, I think we just kind of overshadowed one another on each of our performances, you know, drums were outshining drums or drums were outshining guitar and like not really like cohesive. So, you know, going from that transition to, uh, to flesh coffin, um, we learned a lot. And that's like I would say our our first like real record, and we did that one with um with Carson uh, Slovak and Grant. Oh, that's awesome! I've been you know we I just talked about them recently because he um, worked on the like Mods to Flames record that just came out, No Eternity to Gold, last Friday, um, and he mixed Polaris's record from uh, what I've been told as well, which is super cool. Or they, I should say, I'm not sure who part in particular. Uh, mixes or engineers over there if they pair together or whatnot but um with psalms did you release that with a label or was that independent it was a label it was a small label our like manager our manager at the time owned it was called density records it was a oh. it was like a smaller label a part of like vagrant oh um, that's cool 
Yeah, it was cool. I mean, you know, did the label went under shortly after the record came out and, you know, stopped all, you know, our contract was done and we were kind of like not, we weren't freaking out. We kind of wanted to go to somewhere bigger, but, uh, you know, and then, and then we kind of did the same exact thing with, uh, with outer loop records putting out flesh coffin it was kind of like i don't know we were always like just a really slept on sort of band like for years like you know we were in the scene we were doing big tours you know people yeah liked the band we had a good following we never like ever struggled you know with our career to like be relevant like it's always been pretty organic but i don't know no one really wanted to take the chance on flesh coffin and flesh coffin was done um was completely done when we approached labels like we all 10 songs were recorded we paid for it ourselves and then we just wanted the record out no one was really um everyone was really hesitant no one wanted to step up so we just you know went with outer loop put out flesh coffin and then because um, now it's licensed to licensed to century media so did you or is that yeah the century they media? bought they they bought it oh okay yeah, they bought Flesh Coffin off of Outer Loop because Outer Loop went under. And that's kind of where Immortal was supposed to come out through Outer Loop um, last summer. And, you know, the record was done. It was recorded. Everything was, you know, being paid for. You know, it was, it was, it was basically half paid for. And then I remember it was like a week or two before pre-orders were supposed to go up. And we were just like, all right, so... Uh, you know, we can't get the masters because homie's not paid. So what's going on? And like, we were just like, it was like a good two or three weeks, like after pre-orders were supposed to come out that we literally heard nothing. And we we're just like, fuck, like we want this record to come out. Like we're just wasting time. And then we just got a call one day saying, all right, yeah, like you're, you're free agents. And we were like, fuck, you know, like, so you're free again, agents at that point, but do you own the masters to that record or do you have to pay? Or you said you had paid for it yourself, right? Too. Yeah. And we okay. were going to maybe self-release, but then we played Heavy Montreal. Um, we got a new manager, Jason Rudolph, and basically it was like, all right, let's let's, let's talk shop. Let's get this record out on was the right Was Maori label. managing you previously? Yeah, he was. Okay. And, uh, you know, that relationship kind of got little little rocky at the end you know I, I still have a lot of respect for mike but definitely the way things were handled at the end it was really you know it was it was, it was game time for us we just lost a vocalist you know we're, we had a really anticipated record and to just be sitting around on it and we were just like all right like we're just wasting time because if we don't put out this record we're not going to get tours we're not going to do this but uh century when they came in i mean it was it was fast-tracked i mean you know from the moment we met them they were like really stoked on the band you know had a lot of nice things to say and and to be honest, I think that was the saving grace of the band. Just to now, even now, just like, you know, through our last, you know, scandal or, or you know, controversy, yeah. whatever, with the old vocalists. I mean, they were they were side by side with us, you know, very uh, confident that the band will be fine, you know, working through everything. So I think just having them in place really gave us a lot more purpose with the band because it's like, all right, you know, we're, we're in a good home, like Century Media is a is a big label you know they've done a lot of great things everyone there's great so definitely i think immortal was the only record release that like pretty much everything went everything went so amazingly great until and yeah well, until, we'll get there in a second <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i have that, a few like, questions about the previous stuff which also i believe i i 
I know who your new vocalist is as well, but we won't allude to that. <laughs> um, but, you know, before we get to the CJ stuff, which of course everybody wants to hear about, and I do too, and I have my own <laughs> critique of him myself, and if he decides to listen to this, CJ, I'm going to tell you one thing. If you're going to wear those muscle shirts all the time, you need to lift more, guy. You don't have the traps for it, and uh, I think that you really should invest some more time, maybe take some creatine, try to get a pump, but I could show you a thing or two if you'd like. Let me know. Um, you look good. You're you know, you're know handsome or whatever, and you got the hair and shit, but if you're going to wear muscle shirts, straight up muscle shirts, like Arnold muscle shirts, come on. you know, Come on. Work out some more. <laughs> but <laughs> that's the only thing, you know, because it's a, you know, a funny situation, of course, I'm going to poke some fun. But we'll get to that in a second. You know, first thing I want to ask, because I've spent some time with Tom now uh, doing Chelsea Grin tours. We went on a uh, European run together, and then uh, we started a U.S. tour together, you know, right around COVID. And it's crazy thinking about all the stuff, the CJ stuff that happened right before COVID, which really has must have weighed on you heavily, but the transition back when, so this is like what, 2017, you put out Flush Coffin and then you guys do the Never Say Die tour and, you know, Grin was having their own issues. Seemed like Tom filled in once or twice for the band. I know a variety of people did on that tour, if I'm correct. Yeah, it was pretty much the set was split up between every vocalist every young band vocalist on the tour. So I think Tom was just the one that did like two, I think he did two or if not three tracks for their set. And then Jamie from Polaris did one. Matt Honeycutt actually did a song, which to be honest, I was looking for the video the other day that I had of him with Chelsea. And it was one of the greatest things I've ever that, witnessed. Send that to me. Dude, I got to find it. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> it was that so fucking so cool. cool. He had the same stage moves. Same banter, but just screaming American Dream by fucking Chelsea Grant. It was so good. That's so sick. I would love yeah. to see that. Um, yeah, and, you know, all things uh, considered, very happy to hear that Alex is doing well and taking care of himself, and it's really cool. Oh, we've, wow. we've been able to communicate through the him joining Featured X, and he has been an absolute pleasure and a really, really nice guy, and I'm super happy for him. Um, Same. But... So, you know, all that happens, and I've talked to, and me and, me and you know, Steve are pretty close, and so I kind of got, like, an in, uh, inside understanding of, you know, that time era for them and how they came to, you know, discussing with Tom and the situation with Tom going and doing the record pretty promptly and quickly. Um, has Was that, like, a lot for you guys to handle emotionally and... You know, like, explain that from your point of view a little bit, you know, in whatever detail you wish. Like, I know things may be personal. I don't, you know, I don't want it to seem, uh, like, you know, overly dramatic or like I'm, you know, trying to be like, man, are you like, fuck Tom or whatever? Because I love Tom. I, he's a good yeah. friend of mine, and I, I really care about him. But I can just only imagine in that situation that it's got to be fucking hard. Um yeah, I mean, me and Tom have recently rekindled our friendship. You know, it took... Very happy to hear that. It took a very long time. Um, but no, nah, I mean, you know, it's kind of one of those things that like was like a thing where people were putting in our ears a little bit. Like, yo, well, how crazy would it be if Tom joined Chelsea? Like, And I was like, oh, he would never. Because like, at that time, you know, he was in the band for 
he was in the band for eight years and it was six years of me being in the band with him and like me and tom were best friends you know we hung out every day you know did yeah. virtually everything together you know he was a big part of me growing up i mean i joined lorna when i was 18 and i would just skip school to go hang out with tom and then uh i just like stopped going to school one day and then we i joined lorna like we, me and him were friends first and then their drummer quit and he was just like oh like so tom got me in the band so for me and, you know, I, I would say Adam as well, because Adam, Tom was the only vocalist Tom or Adam was ever in a band, and even with their old band, Antarctica, which was, you know, a local band back in the day. So for me and Adam, it was just a very like, like him, him exiting the band versus our recent one, like that one was very hard. Like, you know, I cried, you know, I just cried That's super really hard, yeah. you know, like I didn't even believe it was real when it happened, just because like. You know, Tom never like picks up the phone like much, like especially at like nine in the morning. Yeah. So I was like, when I got a call from him, like the day after we got home from a tour, like I assumed it was like, oh, like come on over, like let's hang, let's get some food, just like any other day. And then I just, you know, got the phone call, him telling me all these things, and I remember like I didn't even say anything. I just like hung up the phone and like went back to bed. And like then I woke up and it was just like a shit storm on my phone from like the manager from from adam and we were kind of just like what are we gonna fucking do because like it wasn't like the band was like struggling at the time we were like doing better than ever so it was kind of just like a why you know why us why this like why aren't we good enough like you know it's kind of like your girlfriend leaving you for yeah. a hotter dude you know you're like fuck like or a guy with more money you know so i was like damn like but at the end of the day like through like learning about everything and like you know understanding tom and like it just you know it, it ran its course and you know he wanted to do different things and wanted to, you know, in the end of the day, he wanted to be a part of something that, you know, he's doing great. And so I'm very happy for that. And like, and also like just my time to be mad was so short. So I kind of just like hit the ground running was like, all right, well, I don't have time to be mad. Let's just go find a boat. Cause we had to go to, we went to the studio. Yeah. We had studio time booked a week after he left the band and we were like, fuck, like, we just got in with Josh Schroeder, who's one of our favorite producers. I was like, we're not going to just not go there without a vocalist. So made some calls, found a guy, came through. But, you know, uh, right before, or when we recorded that record, I was on tour to Muir. Or when we recorded uh, This Is Hell and Darkest Spawn, I was on tour to Muir, and Speed was playing bass. Mm -hmm. So I remember going into that. It wasn't awkward, but like it was clear that like you know we had to have a discussion. You yeah, because you know, and I love Speed. Speed's one of my favorite people like in the world. So one of the, the best end, guys I, out. Yeah, literally one of the best guys. And I think being w around him healed a lot of that for me because I was actually just happy that Tom had someone to look out for him. Because in the end of the day, like you know, I cared about Tom. I, I still care about Tom. I just want to make sure he's you know making the right decision, whether it's to be a part of what I'm doing or what someone else is doing. But, you know, me and Steve, I think we got really close to that tour just from, and he was like, you know, I had to fly out of the middle of the tour to go record the singles. And, you know, Steve was very supportive. He was like, yo, like I'll take care of, you know, your stage manager duties. Like I'm only playing bass. So like, you know, for the two days you got to be gone, you know, I'll take care of the lights. I'll do what you got to do. So like him comforting me and that, and then coming back and like, yo, let me hear the songs. Let me check this out. And like him, like giving me good, criticism on him telling me how good it was and like all this shit like you know you got nothing to worry about i was like and he's right, a cool, very so. honest person like he's 
one of the ones that I know will shoot me straight and tells me when I'm being stupid and tells me when I'm not being <laughs> stupid. So not you know, very. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, yeah, he is one of the kindest people and one of the people that through touring, if I had an actual life problem and someone I needed to talk to, he's one of the few that I would call and oh. ask for true advice. Um, yeah, he's amazing. So that's it's, a hell you know, of a situation to be in, though. To automatically yeah, I, have to tour with that person right after. So really, fuck you, Steve. You fucking yeah. dick. Um, <laughs> no, that's funny. Also, you could just on it. We could just blame Amir because it's like, man, you guys really had to like put us both on the same tour right away. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> it was so. It was so weird. Just because I mean that that was like confirmed for so long, and then like yeah, it was just like I remember that it happened. I was like, damn, I'm gonna see this guy next week. Like, we're gonna have to like I'm gonna. It's gonna be my job to look after him and like. And and he actually reached out to me um, prior to the tour and was just like, hey, man, like, you know, I'm really excited to hit the road with you. Like, nothing's changed. Like, I just want to, like, be open and, like, you know, just say, like, you know, if, if you have anything you want to say to me, like, just say it. I was like, nah. I was like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm there to work for you, to work for the band. And, like, I'm not going to, like, be weird. Like, I'll, that's not my nature. So let's just let's just have a good time. And that was one of the funnest, best tours ever between just Baby J, Frankie. You know, we're all, we're, it was a straight homie fest. We all still yeah. talk about that tour. Like, that's like one of our favorite tours. So many amazing people done. in one place. And yeah, you got Frank Finelli fucking yelling at everyone. You got fucking. Oh, no shit. Frank was on it too. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Andrew Mena. You know, Andrew Mena. Oh, that's, that's my guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mush. Love we love team. Mush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I it was got, a dream like, team. It's, it's, he's one of those people that once we met him, like fit, can't imagining touring without him now. It's like, oh, oh no, he's, dude, like you, he's have dead, to. man. He's dead. Oh yeah. He'll wake, he'll drive, you know, an eight hour shift in the wagon and then nine 30 in the morning, wake my ass up and be Go like, to all right, gym. bitch, we're going to the gym. And I'm like, oh, uh, it's like, and he's like, dude, I just drove all night. What are you talking about? Get up. <laughs> he's the best person to have around, super motivating and fun. He is a road dog, man. He impresses me a lot, especially yeah. when he was like driving the bandwagon. I was like, it was just so funny to see this guy in a yeah. size extra small uh, Adidas track pants. <laughs> get out of the gas station, like around all these truckers, just like a really ripped yeah. Spanish dude, just fucking. Yeah, Ready to, just like all these guys that come out of their big rigs going in. And, and he's mad he's, healthy. He's only eating healthy things, drinking good shit. Like he's not one of those like, I'm going to drink a ton of Mountain Dew while I drive. Like, Oh, no. It's awesome. Nah, he's great. And but, that's um, why it's nice with the wagon thing too because then we can like cook breakfast together and shit. And like, because I love, oh, yeah. I like to try to keep a clean diet when I'm on the road. I, my, I was a super bitch when I first joined the band. One of the first times where going out to eat on tour when I joined Fit, and they were like, all right, we're going to Applebee's. And I was like, um, I don't eat fast food. And they were like, it's not fast food. And I was like, it's frozen. And <laughs> I was such a bougie bitch because I had just can't come out of work in like five-star restaurants and shit. And then I was like, right, this is going to be my life from now on. Like, I got to be stoked on getting the like half-price apps. Like, this is got what it. I need to focus on right now. And, uh, you know, now I've made a lot of adjustments and I, I enjoy it. Um, but yeah. we eat pretty good now because we have two vegans in the crew. So nice. we do a lot of Whole Foods. That's our main jam. Yeah, I've been vegan since uh, 
May. You too? Yeah. That's cool. I'm not Me a too. Vegan. I'm not one. I'm not. I'm too soft. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I, it helps. My, my girlfriend's been vegan for since she was like 15. Oh, cool. So she's like really good at being vegan. You know? <laughs> Some people aren't good at it, but definitely uh, it's definitely a good diet for me. I just had a healthy relationship with food and like, you know, I don't know. I just couldn't find a good balance of just like, now it's just like, all right, well, I can eat whatever I want as long as there's no animals in it. And like, that's yeah. cool. But like when I was doing like, you know, keto diets and all these fad diets, like lose weight, I yep. was like, all right, well, I kind of just feel like shit, but I look good. Like, I guess that's the price. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough, man. The one thing that I'm really into right now is the intermittent fasting thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't eat till like three or four o'clock. I go to the gym in the morning and I have a ton of energy and I feel a lot better. Um, but I have a very unhealthy relationship with sugar. And that's probably because I'm a giant mm-hmm. fucking pothead. And when it comes time <laughs> to late at night, you know, like, and then, uh, you know, it's late and you smoked. And then you're like, fuck, I do want snacks. And then you go to the bodega. And then they got the Haagen-Dazs chocolate chocolate chip. Like that, <laughs> and that's not always there. So, nope. you know, what the fuck? And then it's, you know, your girl's like, well, they don't usually have it, so we should get two. And then I'm like, but we don't need fucking two chocolate chocolate chip. <laughs> but am I happy that we have it? Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> um, no, nah, I, uh, I actually <laughs> just, I just got off probation two, three days ago. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Were you on it for uh, anything good? No, actually, it was really stupid. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's not a fun. St- I was just I was on the tour of Polaris, and we got pulled over, and they found an, a virtually empty weed pen, and, and I got Where charged were you at? Somewhere for it. South of the Mason Dixon. Uh, we were in Corsicana. It's uh basically from on the way from Houston to Dallas, a very small town. Oh, okay. Is it one of them vegetable stops or whatever that they hit you with? No, nah, it was just we we pulled off the highway to go to Walmart to get like you know ice and water for the cooler, like yeah. literally just to do that and for people to like go to the bathroom. It was like nine in the morning, and I just woke up and fucking just my underwear to a fucking dude at the window pulling us over for a trailer light being out, and then next thing you know, I'm in jail for fucking ten hours and had to spend. A good portion of, you know, the last two years is really changing my entire lifestyle. But you know, I'm thankful for it. I'm I'm healthier than ever. I'm a few pounds away from being the lightest I've been since you know high school. And that's awesome. I've got I've gotten a lot done, you know, pr- productively. But I got off three days ago, so I feel you because I've been doing so good on like fasting and you know not snacking, and then. Yeah. I do. I smoked weed the other night. I was like, dude, holy shit, I am so hungry. Yeah. And like I had like I had like a leftover vegan pizza and it was like it was like my celebration vegan pizza. So this thing was not healthy at all. It was like, you know, vegan fried chicken dude, with vegan cares? bacon awesome. and fucking Oh, it was great. Well, my, that sounds like my jam though, because I get the chicken parm pizza, but we're we're uh, gluten free in our house because my fiance has a celiacs and she'll yeah. actually like get hella sick. It sucks. So I'm so you know she's gluten free so I'm gluten free and um but I, yeah I get the chicken parm pizza all the time and it's delicious I need fried we love, chicken on it we love chicken parm dude I'm gonna make fried chicken tonight That's what I'm <laughs> that sounds but, great but yeah being back on the weed train is is is, is yeah. that shit hits that After shit hits two way years, different that's pretty crazy man um, yeah and I was I was supposed to be on for four and I uh I hired a lawyer to get get myself off early. 
Nice, man. So well, I'm glad that sucks. worked out. Yeah, Texas is is a difficult. The South is difficult in general, but hopefully that stuff starts changing now that you can actually carry all drugs in Oregon. Which I mean, to a lot yeah. of people, that sounds really extreme. Uh, but a- after having like quite a few family members and like you know people that have been in and out of the system and and have had drug problems and stuff like that, not myself. I'm you know I mean I have had <laughs> I've done a lot of drugs, but <laughs> I wouldn't say I necessarily have or have ever had a drug problem ex- unless you can. That's what they all drugs. say. Yeah, well you know sometimes you just got to put some cocaine on your fucking sn- spliff and then you smoke it up and it feels real good. Um, <laughs> but um, you know I just think that it's not very advantageous to drug users because one people can still get drugs in jail and two they'll still go back to that life it doesn't help them to actually really get clean and sober a lot of it stems from mental illness and people need to spend more time in rehabilitation and part of rehabilitation is focusing on on mental sobriety and you know I have one family member in particular who really struggled with crack cocaine for fucking 15 years. And a large part of her being um, sober is is keeping a positive mental attitude, but also digesting, going through to therapy and going through the reasons what that led her to the lifestyle that she was a part of. You know, yeah. it's not like you just become a, a massive drug user overnight, and you know, except for in this society one big problem is you know people break their arms and then they take opiates to for a couple weeks and then it turns out they take opiates for a couple years and then they turn into a junkie and then they die that's yeah. a massive and very sad lifestyle now but with a lot of other drugs it's not like you just all you know happen it's a slippery slope you know it's that's exactly you know. what i've been described you know when i was partying super duper hard Definitely, I've people approach me like, "Yeah, you're having fun, but it's a slippery slope, man. Be careful." And then, you know, next thing you know, you're doing benders, you're on tour, you feel like shit, you're just getting fixes from any substance that comes my way. And then, yep. you know, it's it, it now I have a much more mature approach to it all. You know, like even though I can smoke weed, like whatever I want, like I'm still like, all right, well, I don't want to turn back into what I was. So let me just, yeah, let me smoke at night when I'm chilling. Let me take care of some things during the day. Let me earn that. And, you know, use it, use it medicinally. And, and we just became legal in New Jersey. I got let off right. probation and the next day it became legal. So I was like, gods. I was like, damn, what a yeah. time to be alive. Biden, Biden should be president. We'll find out. But, uh, yeah, he will be. I mean, you know, it's, I, I think he will be. It'll be pretty crazy if that <laughs> amount of votes get overturned. And, you know, Dude. I I can't oh. speak on voter fraud because I don't know anything about how it really works. So I don't fucking know. But I Look, just think it's a pretty overwhelming majority of votes. The first day I smoked weed was the day he, like, officially became, like, president. And he had, like, his whole speech on TV. And I remember I was just so cooked on the couch watching this. And I was like, dude, I don't know if I'm watching, like, is this, like, South Park? Like, what? Like, what is going on? Like, this is crazy. Like, I was it's like, insane. what is... I was just watching. I was like, this is the strangest thing to watch. He really, spoke really very stoked. well that night, though. It was oh, nice. he... Um, they, gave him, they gave him some something. Yeah, he was sharp was, that day. He took the alpha brain by me and Joe Rogan of Metalcore. Now, um... <laughs> Everybody, go to my website on it. I'll just <laughs> pretend. That's what I'm going to do with my show. I'm just going to start pretending that I'm actually Joe Rogan and try to 
steal his identity and then move to Austin, Texas. Um, no, I support, I'm not. I support it. I do praise you, though, Lord Joe Rogan, leader of the free people and free thinkers. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting. I'm gonna like. I'm trying to spice it up too. I do want to have some more controversial um, show, like interviews, like maybe some stuff that people. Just you know, I want to. I always want to hey, be man. unbiased, you, you, and you know, I feel like you can you can hit up uh you can hit up CJ. Maybe he'll agree. No, fuck that shit. I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> no. Needs to work out. Go gain fifteen pounds before you talk to me, little guy. What's a bank, bitch? Um, yeah, you know. All right. Let's talk about it. So, he was previously in Signs of the Swarm, right? That was his band yep. beforehand. Okay. The guy's obviously talented. He's a cool looking dude. People are interested in him. Makes sense. Good idea for having this guy join your band. You know, I will say one of his biggest mistakes in this entire situation was that stupid narcissistic fucking video that he put out that Agreed. just made him look like a. Whew, made you look like a something, fella. I didn't like it. It was just, you know, a lot of guys, I think, you know, do stupid shit. I think a lot of guys, you know, uh, make poor decisions. And, you know, nobody here is a fucking saint, okay? You know, like, even from our jokes of you and I first, you know, the first interaction was like, ah, we're Eskimo Bros. It's, you know, some things are lighthearted, some things aren't. The CJ thing seemed like a really heavy thing to deal with. I can't really imagine, all jokes aside, dealing with cancel culture um, and having that affect my business and my band. And I will say that I think that all in all throughout the situation that your band as a whole maybe gained love and respect out of it where people are going to ride or die for you when you make your return which I'm very happy about, and I'm glad to see that. At least from my outside opinion, it seems to be the case. You being a part of the band, I'm sure you can speak on whether you feel that way or not. Um, but I, all in all, I can't really imagine dealing with the situation. And, you know, I, it's easy to, for me to judge someone like CJ and say, man, what a stupid fucking video and blah, blah, blah. Because that's not me dealing with that situation. So, um I you know I'm a spectator, so it's it's <laughs> it's easier to you know take on your your side of things, and I am curious you know explain that situation a little bit. How was it for you waking up to news like that and having to handle it in a moment? Because obviously you cared about the guy and you were friends with him to some extent. If you wanted him and had him in your band, um, so you don't automatically despise someone unless you're just like, well, I don't know you well enough to know if this is real or not. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing where it separates him from Tom. Like, Tom was, like, a friend, and, like, I cared about him deeply, and, like, we had, like, a, you know, a connection with each other. Um, I can safely say not just, and I'm the most friendly guy in the band, so for me to say, like, and not friendly as in, like, like, I just like having friends. Like, I will. Yeah, I'll you're a super nice guy. People, you know, but the other guys in my band are a little more, you know, reserved. But I can honestly say out of all of us, I don't think one person in the band considered him a friend. Like, so that decision really was easy, especially with just, cool. you know, the dynamic of the band, um, with him being in, it was like so different. Um, 
we like gained a lot of things from him, like transitioning from Tom to him, but we also lost, I think the core element that like made it a band, which was, you know, friendship and, you know, the dedication, you know, being yeah. on the same page, you know, wanting the same things. You and know, you need comfort. Kind of, you need to be able to believe in someone that you're on tour with. It's a, you know, I've definitely been the most dramatic member of my band since joining it. And as I've, as I'm getting older, I've gotten a grip on it for sure. And maybe it's just the band doing better that's helped with that. But, you know, one of the main parts of being on tour with a band is even in the hardest times, knowing that you can rely on someone and, and that they're going to oh, be yeah. there for you. So not having a friendship or not really being close with someone, that's got to be tough. And of course, that's something that could have been earned in time, given more of an opportunity. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, if I was drowning, he would not want to get his hair wet. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. no, there was no, I could not rely on him for anything, really. And like, and yeah, like I, we only hung out on tour. Like, there was never like, we're home, let's all hang out sort of thing. Like, where's he from? You know, uh, uh, West Virginia, like an hour outside of Pittsburgh. Hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> West but Virginia. Like, eh? But like you know, I'd, I'd hear stories. He's like, "Oh yeah, I was in Jersey like last week." I was like, "You didn't even call me." Like, what were you doing? He's like, "You know, obviously hanging out with, like a girl or something." And then like, I remember at one point, you know, it was like, "Oh, let's get an Airbnb together." In I think it was like somewhere in Pennsylvania. So we spent the money to get an Airbnb for the band to write music in. And then he just left to go, like, hang out with somebody, like, in the middle of us, like, sitting there writing. And I was like, okay, like, there's, there's, this was pointless. Because um, yeah, me, me, me and Adam live half an hour from each other. We didn't have to drive two and a half hours and spend $300 on a nice Airbnb. We could have done yeah. the same amount of work at home. That but sucks. yeah, he was very, very just out for himself. And, like, you know, every tour we ever did, like, he never, he wasn't like a bro, never hanging out with people and wouldn't want to, you know, talk to fans you know didn't couldn't really be bothered even when we did like vip meet and greet it was always like a oh i hate this like or and then some days he just didn't even show up for it and like and that upset me to a degree because i was like i know how much adam and i do for the band but like i also know how much people would much rather talk to this guy because he's the person they want to meet yeah you know because he's the vocalist so it's like he just never really owned that role um but yeah, oh, I mean, and all when those, those si- things show some character where, you know, maybe at the end of the day what happened, you know, which I, gosh, I'd have to go back and reread all the fucking stories. And to be honest, I didn't even want to going into this because today is about you and your how great your band is versus <laughs> despite his dumb ass. But, you know, like the whole thing is just weird. Man, if he listens to this, he's going to be like, yo, this guy's biting on me hard. And I'm going to be like, yeah, bitch. I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the thing, like, you know, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be the person to say all the things, like, there's a lot of people that, you know, everything we no, ever write yeah. Yeah. online is always, you know, when you're bringing him back, when you're doing this, you guys made the worst decision of your life, your band's trash now, da da da, you were, you know. So people want him back? They oh, think. yeah. I, all because of that video. That video, all that did was just create a cesspool oh. army of just deathcore internet dwellers that you know they're, they're like oh i'll believe this video i don't need to see anything else you know Interesting. Da, 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 da. And, and and it's and it's honestly really disheartening to see but at the same time i'm just like those aren't our fans those are his fans and like our yeah. fans outshine his fans because he was only part of the band for a little amount of time and don't get me wrong like 
vocally, dude was amazing. Like he was very talented. Like our performing, you know, I felt very confident. But yeah. you know, off stage dedication, you know, having to like fight to like accept tours because of didn't work for his schedule or oh let's do a two week tour instead of a four week tour oh i only want to do one tour a year two tours a year i'm like dude like why would you join this band when we're such a hard working like go on tour as much as we can type band and he's trying to just like really shape the band into being like what he wanted but like that's not the goal so all in all this was my definitely for the better for you yeah, and it was kind of the, the the straw that broke the camel's back because I mean that's what like we're not really vocal about is like the internal um, things that we had to go through with having him. I mean, he was every crew member we ever had, any like tour people we ever had. They're like, this is the most difficult person I've ever had to deal with. Like, and it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it was just like, <laughs> all right, good riddance, you know? Because I mean, that last tour we missed a whole week of shows because of him, and like Why? we were literally. just well, because he was sick, but I don't know. I Maybe I'm just a jerk-off, you know, probably according to him. But, like, you know, we're on tour fit for an autopsy. And, you know, I look at Joe Bad, and, and even when we're having those Fucking discussions on that tour, which man. the greatest man. It's like, yo, this – and I looked at him. I was like, yo, like, have you ever, like, you know, been so sick you had to, like, miss a show? He's like, dude, I've literally thrown up all day and still played. Like, yeah, like I can't just miss a show. Like, And I was like, wow, like – that's dedication and that's like no, and even tom and when tom was in the band tom wasn't always happy and healthy for fucking six years of us touring he was i've seen him throw up on stage before because he had a yep. stomach fires i've seen all types of stories and like this guy just had a stuffy nose and threw a bitch fit and yeah we had to miss a whole week of shows and like we were literally just driving to the to the cities where the show was in look at him and go all right can you play today and you just be like no and i'm like okay so we're just going to drive to the next city. He's like, nah, I think I just really need like a hotel room. Like I'll be okay by tomorrow. Then we'd get him a hotel. I'd go to the show still. Cause I was shooting fit for an autopsy. And then it's like fucking shitty to go show up to a show that you're supposed to be playing. And the show's fucking packed. And everyone's like, where's Lauren Shore? I wanted to see this band. And then it made us look bad to, you know, our booking agents. That I would have fucking with. lost it on this dude. This is dude, insane. It, this is it insane. was awful. It was awful, man. And then to make it worse, like, that week was the week Adam had to go to a wedding. So we already were like shorthanded. We're like, all right, man, we're going to have to three piece the set for a week. You know, my other guitar player learned all of Adam's solos. We were ready to do it. And then he just took that opportunity to just be like, I'm just not going to play. Man, what a dick. So we, you know, I feel bad. I'm saying too many mean things about this guy who I do not fucking know. I don't fucking know you, CJ. I don't, I'm not like here to be malicious. I'm more so trying to be funny for the majority of it. Even though I will say after hearing this shit, that's really frustrating for me. Cause one, even just like, dude, when I was 20, when I turned 25, the only thing I did for my birthday, well, I, no, I shouldn't say the only thing I had a party too, but, um, I booked like a, I had to sell tickets to play an acoustic show, and I played it with a hundred and three degree fever just because it was my birthday. Like, I love music so much, I would never. I've thrown like like you said about everyone else, thrown up on stage. I mean, I fucking fractured my ankle. Keep playing. Like, I hurt myself every day. To not have the dedication and the willingness to want to play it just means that you truly don't love it. So when I look back on these comments, the video, and all that kind of stuff, I think he more shows more so should just stop because he doesn't care. That's obvious. 
You don't really want to be it. You just like people noticing you and caring about you. And I think that just sucks the most. And hopefully this next person that you acquire, who maybe you have acquired, who maybe I know of. (laughs) It was a rumor that I heard, and I'm curious. I'll have to ask you off the air if it's true or not. Um, But the uh you know you just need someone who's dedicated like no matter what i don't think kirby has ever he's never skipped a show ever we've never not played i that's for the any thing reason. like when i'm when i'm on tour like that's not an option you know no rain sleet like, snow migraine throwing up you know bones hurting knees broken whatever i don't give a fuck i'm playing man and like, to be someone that came that we picked out of a smaller band to be in our band, a band that makes money, that has a good following, that has really nothing to worry about other than yeah. play. And, you know, to come in and be super entitled and like demand more money and things like that, but then you're gonna miss a week of shows. It's like, you know, pick your pick pick what pick what's important to you. Like, do you wanna make money? All right, then we gotta play shows. Like it's very simple. I just can't imagine having that attitude around guys like Fit for an Autopsy because they would make you feel so stupid. Like Pat would just oh. make fun of you. Like oh, I don't, you sh- I like I can't even imagine the jokes that are being had, which probably were great. I'm sure they were. Oh, great. I mean, and I'm the person that I had to hear, you know, because me and Pat oh, are yeah. close, and I was, and I felt, I felt embarrassed. I'm like, dude, this is my squad, and then like. I'm, you know, Adam's the one having to talk to the booking agent, and then Adam leaves. I got to talk to the booking agent. I got to talk to the manager. This guy's not speaking to anybody. It's like, damn, man. Like, you know, everyone's just covering for you, trying to make it look good, but it just, it just smells like shit. The whole, the whole scenario. So, man, you know, going back to, you know, the the point where you know all these things came to light. You know, outside from the band things, you know, was I surprised? No, did I? know about any of it no so it's like i don't know it just kind of it, it, it just <coughs> sounds like you didn't know the guy and, to be honest no, i didn't just, know you didn't really know like, we didn't talk it's not like if he went out for the night and then came back in the van it's like oh what'd you do man would you, you pissed on that girl hell yeah it's like no like he would come in the van and he'd probably really be pissed. part of it was it that he pissed on a girl some mark he, he was pissing on everybody that's cool. <laughs> I want to pee on you. Exactly. Oh, the R. Kelly, the R. Kelly memes trip, trip, trip. took over the internet. That's amazing. Um, but, the, but you know, to see my face in a promo picture with a giant X on him go up on lamb goats and that's metal injections and metal sucks, it's like, damn, I worked so hard just for my band to be a fucking joke. Like, But it's going like, to come back so hard, though. People yeah, are going to ride. That's the thing, you know, what you were talking about. It's like with him leaving or, you know, being forced out, it's like the album still came out, but it kind of gave people, uh, it gave us more like light for people to comment on the instrumentals of it because no one really wanted to like say how they liked his performance. You know what I mean? Like, I think it was a golden, I think it was a golden plate for him to do anything he wanted on, but. And even oh, you know the, studi- sure. the the studio experience it too was you know just a whole there's just so many levels of like times where like the dedication just wasn't there like you know me and Adam were there for a month he showed up for five days and then took Whoa. a vacation took a vacation in Puerto Rico in the middle of the studio session when we're in the Michigan in the middle of winter he's on the beach somewhere in, in Puerto what Rico. What does he do for work where he don't need to do shit? Well, at that time, actually, he went to Puerto Rico because the woman who called him out paid for him to go on a trip with her oh 
So you know, okay. he he he, he was comment. a he was a he was a barber, and okay. then he lost his job because of all this. Oh, I don't. That's tough. I don't. I don't know what he does now. I know he recently asked about doing features, not uh, through Featured X, obviously, but uh. Yeah, yeah that's, that would not happen. We're not touching the controversial stuff. Um, oh, and the festival was called Never Say Never. Ryan Kirby just texted me back. He knows yep. everything, and that's what it was called. Never, um, never pay never. Never pay never. Um, <laughs> thank you, Ryan Kirby. But, um, yeah, that's a really – I mean, I, you know, I feel bad for anyone that's losing their life, and no, I, I, I won't have him on Featured X. I just don't want to deal with any of – any controversy it's not we've had quite a few artists who we've had on the site who have had similar issues and um you know or cancellations whatever the fuck you want to call it and it's it's difficult because i you know i care about everybody and i you know but the most important thing is the safety of uh the individuals and i think that one really important factor with that is just when you're on tour you're at work You are not at a party. You are not there to, you know, try to find, uh, you know, sexual partners. You're there at work. So maybe you should be more focused on the fans, building relationships, being, you know, a good performer, being healthy, and making sure that, you, you know, my whole day when I'm on tour is dedicated to the show. Put on... Be an entertainer. Focus on that. Don't, you know. And I I totally understand that it is a much different perspective as a, you know, bald, graying bass player. It's not like (laughs) I was ever on tour and people were just like, come on, give me. I want some of that ass. Come on now. You know, I I don't live that lifestyle where I'm not some Ollie Sykes-esque, like, model-type character. But I just, for even for those that I'm surrounded by, um, you know, even like uh, my my Jared, beautiful human, handles himself beautiful. very well on tour, and that's important. And I I just I want people to if you want it to be a, a career, you have to treat it like a job, just like anything else. So you know, I it's got to be a strange situation for him. And you know, long rant aside, I hope I wish the guy well in his life, but more importantly, I wish you well. I I. You know, if all those rumors are true, then, you know, by God, I hope he makes a serious life, life adjustment or he like find some woman who loves to get pissed on. So um, <laughs> we'll find out, I guess. I mean, that's a thing. You know, people like pee porn and yeah. stuff. Um, nah, they teach their own. It turns out that that's actually all that I watch, Austin. <laughs> I, love, I love duty porn. As well. Duty porn. I love, I love when people are pooping. Um, no, actually, when uh, the, the one of my favorite podcasts, <laughs> Your Mom's House, um, it's super fucking funny, and they do show and talk about just the most weird people on the internet. And they found this guy named Pig who likes to make poutine, and um, he pisses and shits on a bunch of fries, and he eats it. Stop it! I kid you not. That's so awful. Yeah, so so people, it can get worse, guys. Like, don't think that, you know, make sure your glass ceiling is super high. Um. That's so, I'm I'm totally, totally not going to look that up when I get off this. No, 
No, I will. I definitely will. You might might (laughs) want to. It's cool. He wears a dick cage, too. Um, Oh, God. Yeah, you know, people get weird. He has a a tattoo on his head of a pig eating a cock, like a rooster. Oh, wow. It's a pig eating a rooster to symbolize a pig eating a cock. I'm a big fan. I, you know, I keep up on my YMH. (laughs) I'm a major mommy. And it's funny because... The the podcast itself has a bunch of really funny, like stupid lingo. And I've found people that listen to my podcast and then hear that I listen to that podcast and then they'll tweet at me and Gene speak and I fucking love it and it makes me feel good about my life decisions. <laughs> um I love it. But to wrap up this CJ shit, it the record is really good. All in all, especially, you know, I, it's, it, I really love the way that it opens. What does that, it's like Latin or some shit. Do, do you know what it yeah. says? Um, no not, idea. Like, obviously you don't have to say it in Latin. I just didn't know what it meant. Um, no idea. I, uh, we actually wrote that intro. It was, that was the last song we wrote. We wrote that whole song in the studio pretty much. Cool. Um, but me and Adam, we're just at Buffalo Wild Wings together watching the Super Bowl. And I remember we were just like listening to like that come out music, you know, like that. Like I was like, yo, this shit is epic. Like this is dope. I was like, we got to write the Super Bowl intro. And then that became immortal. That's like just our Demo Board Gear Super Bowl it's a crossover. Song. You know, and, and I really enjoy it. I Do you and, and Adam have a hand in the lyrics as well? Or do you allow that to be the vocalist? No, that's definitely the vocalists, uh, you know, all their open field to do what they want. Um, definitely there is no correlation between the vocals on Immortal to anything, I think, anything at all, um, if I'm being honest. Yeah. So, you know, losing Tom, Tom was a great lyricist, you know, yes. he was very, very... He's such an interesting person in general. He is know. very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's my boy. Oh, yeah. He's had a lot of, lot of talk I, I'm years. really glad that you guys are cool again, man. It really does warm my heart because, um, you know, that, that seemed just really difficult. I can't imagine, you know, having... I don't know. I just don't want to lose my... Like, me and Bob not talk. That'd be fucking weird, Bob, from my band. And, like, it's just cool to see. So I'm all in all, I'm really happy for you guys. You guys. Are yeah. Cute. I mean, you know, the way I like what really upset me about everything outside of him leaving the band was just like, in my eyes, like it felt like just like someone died. Like I was like, damn, like, you know, just like really think I was like, we were supposed to like, you know, do things in life together. We were supposed to like, I don't know, maybe one day have families and like our families will play together and like, you know, yeah. Just like really, really getting like kind of like deep into like the thought of like we're gonna both grow old and like not be there for each other and like that kind of hit me the hardest because like you know I don't want to like not you know be in contact with him or like be his friend and like it just really just took a phone call he just called me one day and like me being spiteful I was like I'm not gonna reach out to him like I did nothing wrong yeah. and like plenty of people over the those those years were like yo. Tom talks about you all the time. Like, you know, you guys should like really talk. And I'm like, ah, I'm just like not ready. Like, I'm not, I'm not ready to have that conversation. Yeah. And then he just, I just got a FaceTime from a random number. And lo and behold, Tom Barber's on my phone screen. And we talked like no time is left in two years. And, and then he was coming home from a trip somewhere. And I was like, yo, let me pick up, let me pick you up from the airport and, and drive you home. Like, it'd be, we'll just hang out for like an hour. 
And yeah, we just like hung out in person for a little bit, showed me some of Chelsea, you know, I, I, his family too, you know, has been like a second family to me. So like got to go inside, see his dad and stuff like that. And like, I think it just, I think it just says a lot more to like, just forgive, you know, and like, I don't want people like, I feel like it was just like so much drama with that and like people wondering like about the betrayal and then, and whatever. It's like, it wasn't really even betrayal. Like it was just, it just ran its course. And, you know, at the end of the day, like the drama in both scenarios like we were talking like kind of lifted our name into every headline and then people started like people like drama more than they like music reality tv is bigger than any band we're ever going to start controversy loves company my friend so you know I, i agree with you fully and i think that that's why all in all through all this bullshit i think that you guys have actually gained a lot of steam out of it where i see people being very excited for the announcing of this new vocalist and seeing yeah you know the return always anticipation <laughs> like it's always yeah. like a it's always like a who what's it gonna be it's i don't know it's like it's not what i signed up for to be in a band but like at the same time like yeah. if we just if we just quit then like it's all for nothing so it's like we're obviously gonna keep pushing through and finding a, the best fit for the band and you know we got you know plans to do things next year and you know, we'd probably have a new vocalist announced if this year didn't happen the way it did. But like, it's almost a blessing because we would have had a rush into getting a new vocalist, just like the last scenario. And it didn't really give us time to like get to know someone and, and see if they're the right fit. It was kind of just like, all right, all right, you sound good. Let's go. Let's make it work. Um, so we're like really taking our time with the, with the new guy and like just our options and just seeing like what's going to be, what's going to really last. Cause like, I don't want, people that have followed the band and just go, all right, they're just going to have a different vocalist every record. Like, even if that's interesting to some people, it's like, I'd rather just have... You've had a CI following this new guy for the last couple months to make sure he's not pissing on people. Oh, bro. That was the first question or I asked. PI, private investigator. Sorry, CI. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what the fuck a CI is. <laughs> CI Records with yeah. this or the apocalypse. Um, yeah, I, that's, you know, I'm excited. I can't wait. I'm, I'm, yeah. I can't wait to ask you off the air and confirm it. Is there a new record or new music being worked on? What's the deal with that? Yeah, we're tuning in on some ideas, trying to figure out the next sound. I think Immortal, we pretty much hit exactly what we wanted to do with the record. Um, but there's definitely things that were lost with having the other guy because just of his style. I think we kind of catered to his style a little bit to make it you know it's aggressive it's heavy but like i think we kind of look at ourselves as more of an emotional um an emotional like atmospheric metal band so i think we're just going to try and dive into more more songwriting more progression more you know pushing the boundaries like you know if we're going to write something heavy it's got to be the heaviest thing anyone's ever heard and if we're going to write something beautiful i want it to rip people's heart out so yeah i think just pushing those thresholds like even wider and just making the epic shit you know, more epic, the heavy stuff, more heavy, you know, pushing the songwriting. You well, know. I think that's wise, man. I mean, if you guys come out with some serious bangers, go to a great producer, you know, come out with the best songs that you've ever written, band's going to explode. It's going to be yeah. fucking huge, you know. No, the record, Immortal did really amazing. I'm thankful for everyone who bought the record. If anyone's listening that supported Lorna Shore, Immortal, any record we ever had, you know, that's definitely what keeps us going and you know tells us we're doing something right because people fuck with this shit people always have nice things to say about us in the band which is always great to hear 
and that's all we can ever do. I mean, that's all we ever, that's what I'm thankful for, you know, with, you know, cancel culture. It's like, you know, if one dude gets ousted, then get ready for anyone else in the band who's done something bad to get fucking dragged under. But we were only met with, you know, praise and people, you know, respecting Adam and myself. So, you know, that definitely, that definitely got him and I through the holidays. Cause you know, that happened right the day before Christmas. So yeah. it was like, that was a, that was a fucking sad Christmas. Just like, fuck, got an album out coming, but I don't really know what's happening. And then just dealing with that uncertainty. But I mean, it worked out. We we're, I give you a lot you know, of respect for how you handled it, man. I mean, it's, I can't imagine and wouldn't want to be in the situation. I don't think anyone listening could say, yeah, I'd love to be in that situation. That sounds fun to me. It sounds fucking miserable. It sounds really difficult. And all in all, you know, it's just... No one else can be in your shoes in that moment or at that time other than you or to understand how to handle it. But I will say that I think that your band has handled it extremely well gracefully and with respect and a lot of people have been able to look at that and say you know what i fuck with lorna short because of this i will ride for this band harder because of this and like we said you know anybody i'm not saying anybody could get canceled i'm saying a lot of people and even myself looking back on my younger years i have not always been fucking perfect and when i make these comments about cj or whoever i'm making jokes all in all, I don't fucking know this guy. I don't know him from a fucking hole in the wall. I don't know anything about his past other than what I've read on the internet and what everyone else has read on the internet. And to be honest, it seems like, for the most part, you don't really know that much more either. Because it seems no. like you guys didn't really get the chance. And not because you didn't try. He wasn't very willing to get to know, to know you. So, tough situation. I mean, and At the end know. of the day, you know, I just... I, it's like with Tom, I just wanted him to own his... I, if he would have, if everything would have went perfect, the album came out with him on it. He would have hundred percent been CJ, not with Tom. Yeah, with CJ. CJ yeah. would have been the next massive metal vocalist. You know, like yeah. he definitely ha he definitely had it. You know, his performance on the record definitely was going to put him up. You know, above all his idols, like you know, or even at just at the same level. You know, to, for respect and like, I just can't imagine having all that be gone just because of just poor personal choices you know like my future i know whatever would never end in something like that it would just be like all right no one really cares about the band like maybe i'll just pick something else in life but like to just be the butt of every joke you know in the deathcore community to just have your name be googled and like only those things are popping up it's like that's a nightmare you know and like and i definitely like i sympathize like i Never wanted that to happen to the guy, even though it was brought on to himself. But, you know, at the end of the day, I just, I really wish he would just, you know, take a step back and like maybe accept a little bit of responsibility. And like, even if you don't feel that was your intention, like it still affected yeah. people in a very negative way. And you need to recognize that and change your behavior. And that's the only way you're going to not, you know, have that happen again, you know, and like, Hopefully he's working on himself, like, you know, going to therapy or being around the right group of people. And, you know, maybe one day he'll be, you know, able to live a life. And, like, I, I don't want him to be miserable. Like, you know, aside from us not being, like, friends, quote, unquote, like, you know, we still had good times together. Like, but it's, like, if you look at the whole picture, it's, like, I don't know. The, the, it was definitely very, 
selfishly driven, you know, like the niceness. It was just like, all right, well, I'm going to be nice to this guy so that I can get what I want out of the situation. Not like, let me just be unconditional yeah. love and friendship towards someone, which is how I am. Like someone could do absolutely nothing for me in life. If I like him, I'm going to keep him around. Like we don't have to, we don't have to do favors for each other. Like, no. like it's all good. Like baby J, one of my favorite people, we were just straight up friends for so long. And then now he's like my brother. And like, he got me on tour to Miri, helped me like get, inside you know info on like tours that we can maybe get on and you know it's just it's it's just nice to like just trade and gave me that fjc deal it's like never asked any of those things of the guy he just gave them to me because you know he likes me and we're and we're friends and we're just like that's all you got to be i'm like yeah. it's not that hard you know, i'm sure you're the same way you know we all kind of gravitate I think everyone each other. looks after each other pretty well and that's why when this kind of stuff happens it's hard Word of mouth is really important, but having friends that look out for you that will just be like, hey, man, just by the way, like, you know, it just so happens that I do have, you know, an inside horse or scoop on this situation, and it turns out this is true or this isn't true or whatever. Like, I only can know or judge based off of truth and what I actually know. And, you know, that's why when it comes to shit like having a fucking podcast, I make jokes all the time about how we could start rumors all the time. I could I could do just, you know, because people hear things and then they automatically think it's fact. But the reality is that I don't know any more than just about anybody else. But I'm I'm happy that it worked out the way it did, because all in all, you guys needed someone around that you really care about and can, you know, see the world with and want to grow with and and make art. And you like to make art. You are very passionate about your music, your performance, your relationship with Adam, and how you're able to create Lorna Shore. You two are Lorna Shore. So you need someone else who, you know, joins in and has that respect where they're like, yes, my life is devoted to this entity and this beast. Because that's super important. If I got a call right now from Ryan Kirby and he's like, hey, get on a plane. I got to see you in Texas. You got to come here right now. I would fucking do it without question. Because that's what you're supposed to do when you care about something. Exactly. So, you know, and I don't think that you have uh, ever questioned it. Your dedication to the art and to your band has been there 1,000% since day one. And, you know, I, I really, really, truly do wish you well with the endeavor of this new vocalist and being able to hit the road again. Hopefully we can play some shows together. Your band might be too heavy because you'll make us not be as heavy, but um, it would still be really fun. <laughs> Hey, I'll do it. Time. I'll do it. Us, you guys, and Chelsea, we'll split <laughs> it up a little bit. God damn, that would be so good. I would love I, it, man. I would love it. And, like, that's the thing. We talk about, like, doing a tour with Chelsea, and I'm like, I think that would be such a good thing, like, just to, like, show people we're all good. Like, you know, have Tom, like, maybe come up and do a part for old time's sake. You know what I mean? Like, it would, Yeah. I think, I think it would just – it would show a lot more – honor than just being like eh, you know we hate each other like it's fine we're just on tour because you know it's a tour it's like no like we want to do it especially now just because we are all cool so that will sell some tickets so yeah i think it'll be cool <laughs> and yeah it, it's a good thing to show the people man like drama as much as it creates clicks it's fucking stupid and you shouldn't want it in your life you shouldn't want to have to deal with it you should want your life to be smooth sailing and easy and carefree and not stressful, you know? And um, I just hope that, that happens for you guys soon. Can we look forward to hearing any new music, do you think, this year? 
um, or any idea of when we might get a single with the new vocalist, anything like that? Um, I would hope by next year. I mean, definitely next year. Um, how much progress we make right now in the next, you know, this year's almost done. That's a little scary. But uh, in the next month and a half, you know, definitely have some things we're working towards. You know, we want to start showing that we're a full band again. Um, just have a few, you know, things to cross and logistics to go over. But yeah, I mean, I'd say it's very likely at least by early next year to hear something for people to tune in on. I know we want to release the instrumentals for the whole record um, so people can enjoy that sick and and all that good stuff and you know re-releasing some of our older records through century so yeah just uh you know it's hard it's hard because we don't know what we're working towards you know it's like all right we could we could make go make a song tomorrow go to the studio and do it but like when are we gonna be able to play it like when are we gonna you know so maybe you might hopefully well next year it, you know yeah you know i, I want to you know Props to everybody putting out a record during this time. You know, I know you guys did, and yeah, but I think I think it's just as important to be putting out the music than rather than be like, all right, I'm just going to hold on to this record until it's you know you're not tough really do- when you, they all you, come out at the same time. Yeah, and you're not doing a service to your fans by making them wait while the whole world's crumbling. You might as well yeah. give them something to tune in and enjoy. So like, you know, you guys doing the live stream. I mean, you guys did it right. I think the, that live Thank stream you. was fucking really cool. Records fucking cool. Like. You know, I've been a Fit for a King fan for a while, you know, since since early, early, early days. So Appreciate it's cool to see it, the progression of the band. Everyone in the band's always been cool, you know. We're just trying to have fun, man, and, and we've gotten really lucky to, you know, the live stream, it was an absolute blast, and, you know, we tied it into filming the new music videos for mm-hmm. the record. So we all, you know, were able to kind of do it all at once, which was one hell of a week, but it was really fun. Um but the record overall is probably the most positive thing that Fit for a King has ever created. And I think that at a time when the world was at such a standstill, I'm at least glad I fucking had it to listen to. And, you know, I hope I think that other people resonated with that where, you know, this wasn't a Fit for a King, hey, we're super depressed, oh, the world's ending album. This was a, a record for victory and for positivity. So, you know, hopefully when we come back and we can play these songs again, that's, that feeling will strike with the people and they'll still oh, yeah. ride with us. But, you know, it was cool just to... I, I needed that release to get me through this shit, as sad as it makes me to not be able to play. It was cool to sit back and read every comment, read all the reviews, do interviews, talk to people, and just see how the fans really... Because before the live stream, a lot of fans were like, man, they're turning into a fucking butt rock emo band. They're, you know, getting so soft, which is funny because we've had a soft song on every record and Locked in My Head just happens to be a fun one and not a depressing one. And then (laughs) when we played the or did the stream, you know, you start seeing the comments of, okay, like they haven't gone soft. They're still hard. And it's like, yeah, guys, like we're not fucking stupid. Like we're still going to write a record that we think everyone will love. It's just... We take some risks here and there, and we we make take some chances, but it's because we want to, and it's fun. Um, yeah, and so. I think that's important that a lot of people forget when it comes to writing music and putting out a record. It's like yeah. you got to do what you want to do because like it's your name on it, and like if it's if it's genuine and you're not trying, you know, like 
like if you're subconsciously just changing because that's the way you're evolving as a band, then good. But like if you're looking at another band doing something and go, oh, look how big they just got doing this. Why don't we try that? That never really works out for you, you know. Like, like look at a band like Dance Gavin Dance. Like they have, they Fantastic they've gone through a lot example. of, gone through so many vocalists coming back, leaving. You know, three different guys. I I try to use that example with our band as far as just like, you know, no one loses enjoyment out of Dance Gavin Dance just because they have three vocalists. If anything, it just makes their discography very interesting because yeah, you know, you could like the Johnny Craig era. You can like. My favorite you know, is Happiness is, or the, it, I think it's called Happiness is the Kurt Trap, one of the Kurt Travis records. Yeah, it's um, fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And then you got Tillian, who's great. Like, they're all great in their own respects, but it's like, you could still say, I like Dance Gavin Dance, and then be like, yeah, like, Johnny Craig era was my favorite, but like, I still like this era. And like, the band has stayed true to being just this goofy, really cool instrument. And like, dude, I love, that was one of my favorite bands growing up, and it's like crazy yeah. to see how fucking massive that band is just still doing the same thing, just like quirky guitar lines, like fun drums, nonsense lyrics. Yeah, it just but so just, happens now they can draw 5,000 people in San Antonio, Texas. That's like, that's it's insane. That's incredible. That's incredible for them, yeah. you know? So again, you know, you just got to be true. With, like, Uniqueness what you pays, do. man, and quality of songwriting pays. I think everyone wants a quick fix. They want some water they can drink that just automatically makes them successful and one thing that's really important is, you know, having the willingness to pursue throughout all endeavors, you know, whether positive or negative. But also, no matter what, at the end of the day, when it comes to music and entertainment, or, you know, I should just say the music industry, songs prevail. It has 100%. to be fucking great. It, you have to write something that's so good. Why does a band like a wage war blow up overnight? Why does a band like a Polaris become, you know, an opener band to a direct supporter headlining band in a year? Why does a Crystal Lake blow up that way? Because of the fucking music. Yep. Because of the music. You have to focus on the music and make sure that you are providing everyone with something that is different and unique and, you know. Just, yeah, and like yeah, Crystal Lake, it's like that that band was a band for a long time. Long time. And then they just came in like a force and they're here to stay. Like they're I seen their first US show in Philly when they came. Um I literally drove to Voltage Lounge because I was like waiting to hear, waiting to see this band. I, I wasn't gonna be able yep, to make it to that a was date the show on the ABR before tour. the ABR tour started, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, Let me see the, let me see what this is about. And like, dude, they brought it. And then I seen them on their last show before they left to go back and that was at Kingsland in Brooklyn and like yep. I've seen so many shows at Kingsland I've never seen a show like that like they played like they're playing Resurrection, Resurrection Fest like that's what's insane about it man is you don't um, they absolutely blew everyone out of the water like when they started the ABR tour because you know I'm sure they felt comfortable because the rooms were pretty packed it's an ABR tour with a great lineup so there's gonna be a lot of people but Thank God we didn't have to play second because I would not want to follow that fucking band. Dude, it's they're intense. incredible. <laughs> I've, the stuff that I've seen Rio do, the whole band just performs like a motherfucker, but he is such a superstar that it's really, really hard to follow that act. But they're just going to continue to be a massive band and dominate the world and... You know, oh yeah, over. even the re-recorded record they just put out, I can't stop listening to it. It's literally Parkway Drive Warship. I yeah, it's great. Love it. yeah. It's so good. I was listening to those songs like, dude, these could come out right now and they're amazing. Like they did just come out right now and they're amazing. But like, 
like they, this has been a record for 10 years and like no one's ever talked about it like this is incredible dude we went and played uh their 15 year anniversary show in japan and it was bonkers it was so packed i did a front flip off the front riser and landed in the crowd <laughs> and still had a cigarette behind my ear because it, it, it was just a, it was the most amazing thing and I just I will I love and adore that band so dearly and um oh and he's so nice such a nice guy yeah yeah like I've I said that ex- multiple times today but I you know I have a fucking Crystal Lake tattoo on my leg I love that band I think that they're great and Rio is one of my besties I think he's the most incredible kind person but another band that really impressed me similarly to that for opening you know their first U.S. shows was Alpha Wolf. The five days. Oh yeah, play because I, you know, you see a lot of, when you tour a lot. You you see all sorts of different bands open and what kind of reactions they get. And watching that band day one, I think we were in like Kansas City or Missouri or you know, Kansas City is in Missouri, um, also in Kansas, but you know, some we're in one of those Seth Keen regions, Outerland Ballroom, maybe something like that. Um, but watching them just take the stage and start off night one, it was just like, fuck, this band smashes. There's, I mean, fuck. we had toured with them before, but the kids were just so amped on them and gave them energy right out the gate. So I was like, man, this tour is going to be great. And then it got canceled. Oh, dude, I know. That was, that was such a beast lineup, too. I definitely... Thank you. It was definitely, you know, gotta gotta see that happen. We tried on that one, man. That was one of the dream lineups where it was like, wait, did this actually come together? Okay. And, you know, we'll see. You know, maybe someday it'll happen again. Won't won't be the Dark Skies tour for another ten years, probably, but um, <laughs> you know, or I guess eight at this point, something like that. But, you know, we'll eventually play it. That'll probably be the first one. Maybe Death Grip will do a 10-year anniversary for when that rolls around. Love that. Because those sound good. I like, I, you know, I want to I wanted get to the point. Where, that's all we got to do is write enough good records to get to the point where we can get to our really good records. And then we just keep recycling them for a really long time. And then I can tour at least 10 years longer than I thought I initially could. <laughs> 100%. Once you make it to a 10-year of your best record, you're good. You're good for I, another 10. I want to hit 40 still playing, you know, breakdowns. I think that would be a great situation for me. I think it's possible. We'll see. Give me the vaccine. Put it in my fucking neck, like I said. I'll take yeah, it on you, the tongue. I'll take it anywhere except for the tip of the dick. That's what, you know, I, I don't... We need, need, need those Joe Biden debate shots. Yeah. Keep yeah. keep us on... Keep us, uh, keep us sharp. Yeah, seriously. They're giving him. Go to onit.com and buy Alpha Brain. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Hi, are you oh. fucking stupid? Are you having trouble thinking sharply? Get Alpha Brain. Um, I actually I bought my dad Alpha Brain for uh, Christmas last year and a bunch of other cool shit from on it because me and my dad both fucking love Joe Rogan. We ain't playing on that shit. We support. I just can't afford the kettlebells that he sells because they're super expensive. But <laughs> I haven't checked them out yet. Well, maybe if I could have my job back. I can, we'll see how Christmas goes this year. If I can even have a Christmas, <laughs> Santa Claus isn't fucking real. Um, 
<laughs> I'm just going to turn into an old man just start ranting about shit. But, dude, uh, really, that's all I have for you today, man. It, you know, it's been really nice to get to know you, and you've been so kind to me from moment one, and just I've heard the best stories about you. You're one of those guys that, you know, throughout the scene, everyone's just like, man, I fucking love Austin Archie. And, you know, it's nice to, you know, say we're able to be friends now and actually get to know you a bit, man. So agreed. My heart is full. And yeah, next time I'm uh up in New York somewhere, maybe we'll get together and socially distance and get some lunch or something. Oh, for sure, know? man. I'm in Brooklyn, so anytime let me know. Oh, all right. Yeah. 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 I know you and uh and Wiseman were hanging out recently too. So you're probably Yeah, you came to my house. That's awesome. Yeah. If you know, I used to live down the street from where he lives now. And I, we literally just like, I moved and then he moved there and we were like, what the fuck? Like this sucks. Um, I wish I was still there. Um, just, but I like Brooklyn a lot. I'm just more of an upstate guy. It's nice and quiet, but nah, Brooklyn's cool. Yeah. yeah. No, nah, next time, uh, next time I'm in the area, I'll definitely let you know and see what's going on. We could smoke a bowl or something. Dude, absolutely. Yeah. Take some alpha yeah. brain. Dude, we'll take some fucking alpha brain. That would be great. <laughs> I got some hot rails of Alpha Brain ready to go for everybody. <laughs> 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 Look at um, to it. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, hang on one second, and I'll let you go uh, properly off the air. But, dude, um, any last things for the people here? Nah, I just want to thank you for inviting me on. I think it's important we all stay in touch with the scene and support everyone's, you know, other endeavors that we're trying to get on while we're home and, Hopefully it will be a thing. Even when touring comes back, we all just have, you know, different things we're doing now aside from music. So, you know, I appreciate you giving me a t- chance to talk, just having fun, taking taking some time out of my day that I normally don't do shit. Um, but yeah, and like anyone that tuned in and wanted to listen to us talk about anything from poutine man to uh, <laughs> alpha brain to yeah. fucking everything we talked about. Nah, thank you yeah. for listening and definitely... Definitely tune into the Get Tucked Get Tucked on the podcast, bro. Come on. God tune damn in. Right. Yeah, I appreciate you talking about it, man. You know, I'm sure some of these topics are um, a little difficult at times and have caused you um, positive and negative moments in your life. But all in all, you know, people want to know because they care. And I wanted to know because I care. And I'm very excited to see what the future is like for Lorna Shore. And I can't wait till you guys come back and smash it like a motherfucker. You already know what's happening. All right, my man. Thank you very much. All right. Thank y'all. All right, everybody. That's it. We got some good stuff coming up. I've already got a few episodes that are recorded. Very excited about them. Up next week, I'm going to nerd out a little bit on uh, Ned from If I Die First. I definitely did nerd out. I like his band a lot. You can tell by the way I talk. Um But I'm really excited to show you guys that episode. He's super fucking interesting and has done some really incredible things in his short career. Um, But can't wait to share that with you. Thank you to Austin for joining me on the show this week. You are the sweetest. You're great. Can't wait till we get to hang out again. Um, Wasn't that episode funny? I thought it was super funny. Wretched Tongues, thank you for the slam. Appreciate it. It was real nice. Um, All right. I'll be back. I hope everyone had a nice holiday. I hope that you have a great holiday coming forward. Lots of holidays. Um, Whatever. Go fuck yourself. I love you. As always. Get 
Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.